Kim and AJ brace themselves as they reach the final chapters of their respective routes. Will they discover a decisive and narratively satisfying defeat to their enemies? Will their matchmaking efforts be successful? Will they finally uncover all of Fodlin's mysteries? Uh, kinda? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And we have finally... Well, actually, okay, so... <laughs> today, we were going to be talking about the penultimate chapter mm-hmm. of the game. Um, but then, we finished it. <laughs> yeah, the what we did not realize is that uh, the penultimate chapter and the ultimate chapter <laughs> really just bleed into each other. Yes, yeah, um, in both of our cases. Yeah, they they just sort of launch you into the, the final battle um, yeah. right after the battle of the second to last chapter. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. So we were like, we should just finish the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this might be a longer episode. Yeah. We have a lot of ground to cover, although I think my uh, all of my chapters, I think, are like in many ways sh- a lot shorter, but um, mm-hmm. I have so much to talk about in terms of yeah. themes themes and um you know general impressions so i'm i feel like it's still gonna be long we're gonna get heady in this one is what kim's saying oh yeah Um. oh yeah i'm going there (laughs) delightful delightful i'm very excited for it uh and i mean just really in case you haven't finished the game we're gonna be talking about everything from the black eagles and blue lions routes uh, so if you do not want that spoiled or if you have not finished the game yet, I highly suggest you finish the game on your own first, then listen to this. Plus, there's also just going to be some stuff that'll probably be kind of confusing if you haven't. <laughs> played yeah, the game. I, don't, anyway. I don't even know how you parse it at this point. If you haven't played. <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the way we decided we're going to do this is Kim is going to do her monastery scenes before the, the final battles and then her supports, final supports she'd like to talk about. And then I will do my monastery scene and then the supports I would like to talk about. And then we will talk about our respective final battles. Right. Because I did two chapters. Um, yes. I'll talk about one battle and then Monastery of the second one. Oh, OK. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How could I forget that you have a battle between chapters? I guess I did. Th- I did three chapters, actually. Yeah. But I don't even count the last chapter as a chapter. It's more just yeah. like an additional Another battle, battle right? that is like a continuation. Yeah. And I do not have any bullshit today because I am just going <laughs> to overload this entire episode right. with bullshit, right. frankly. Um, so. <laughs> So let's just get into it. Let's do it. Chapter 20 of the Blue Lions route is called The Impregnable Fortress. At this point, as a recap, we have uh, reclaimed Ferdiad and um, helped the Alliance out of their pickle, at which point Claude was like, there is no more Alliance. Goodbye. <laughs> and so um, the Alliance is now part of the kingdom. 
So at this point, a lot of the internal conflict within the kingdom is starting to uh, dissipate. People are uniting under Dimitri's rule. And so it is time to take on the empire. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are headed this month for Fort Mercius. It is across the Great Bridge of Merdin, where we had a previous battle, uh, then across Grounder Field, where we had multiple previous (laughs) battles. And it is sort of the last big stronghold between us and the empire. Okay. Morale is great. Everybody's in a real good mood cool. realizing that like, oh, we can actually win this. Mm. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We we're heading for Mercius and we understand that the Death Knight is leading the troops at Mercius. <gasps> Just quickly, the monastery uh, scenes for for this month, not much happening, really. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I texted you about this. Yeah. I was gardening this month and suddenly realized that uh, there's basically the way that gardening works. We haven't really talked about it is you plant seeds and then you can do something called cultivate, which is like adding different things right. to try and increase the yield. And uh, one of the things you can do is called spread Pegasus blessings. And I never thought very hard about what that meant. <laughs> and it was not until this month that I realized that's for that's Pegasus uh, fertilizer. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Big brain over here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, just a few interesting things that people have to say this month. Um, Sylvain says laying siege to a keep is like making a move on a girl. First, get past her defenses, then make your move. Foul. Mm. Oh, Rancid. God, dude. Go to jail. Don't collect two hundred dollars. Yeah, I Oof. I I. I yeah. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, congrats, I'm giving you an F, but I, I don't know if I will actually fail him. But like, fuck, that is maybe one of the worst things he That's said awful. to me. That's awful. It's terrible. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> uh, Mercy uh, is concerned about fighting the Death Knight, but doesn't say anything beyond that. Felix says something very interesting. Mm-hmm. He says, humans and beasts are ultimately the same. When they're cornered, they lash out however they can. They fight for their lives. Who knows how the emperor will lash out? We have to be careful. Wow. This is a really fascinating thing for him to say. I think just because he has spent so much time calling uh, Dimitri the boar prince. Yeah. uh, And comparing him to a beast. And so it makes me feel like he has started to uh, view that whole situation with a little bit more nuance, Mm. um, which I I think is kind of nice. Kind of realizing like, oh, that's why Dimitri lashed out. Right. I just thought that was cool. There was a nice exchange with Flane about this too, where she is, she has like a lot of like anxiety about account encountering the death Knight again as well. She should, sure. um, cause she was kidnapped by him. Right. She says she's sort of like still working through that trauma, but, um, is sort of determined to have her revenge, Jeez. which is a very funny and spicy thing for Flane to say. <laughs> also Flane's birthday is this month. Oh, and it also happens to be uh, St. Sethleen Day. Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. So anyway, on to the battle. <laughs> Holy um, shit. The battle is called Taking Fort Mercius. Um, you know, it's right what it says on the tin. Caspar mm. and Linhart are at this battle. And unfortunately, I do um, have to kill them. Mm. Poor Linhart never even wanted to battle. No, he didn't. He when he died. Um, well, when we first saw him, he's like, I don't know how I got tangled up in all this, <laughs> um, which like my poor guy. And when he died, he said, I hope someday there will be no fighting and we can all just nap the afternoon away. Aww. Big mood, little buddy. Yeah. Now he gets See to take the ultimate nap, you know? <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> what is death but life's last nap? Anyway, um, when Caspar first engages us, he says, did you have to kill a lot of your friends to get here? Which woof, but also... Uh, I would ask you the same question, yeah. my friend. And then when he dies, he says, don't worry about me. I always knew losing meant death, which is dark. Yeah. The Death Knight, very amped to fight Byleth again. Loves to fight. Loves to fight. <laughs> loves to fight Byleth specifically. specifically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he he is like, oh, oh Mercedes, Mercedes, you're oh, here. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, I tried to. So, yeah. So I tried to give her the last hit on him. Yeah. Um, to see if it would do anything. Yeah. What ended up happening is I needed someone else to hit him first. And sure. um, I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. I sent Felix in there and he critted and killed him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it turns out that would not have mattered because in order to get the cutscene and like figure out what the connection is between Mercy and the Death Knight, yeah. I would have had to have recruited Caspar. What? I don't know how I would have known to do that. Um, I only know that because I Googled it. What? Um, yeah. So I guess whenever I play Black Eagles, I will recruit Mercy so I can figure that out. Hello? Yeah. Whoa. What? <laughs> this is this is the first of many moments in this game where sure. I realized that I was not going to get the answers to a lot of questions yeah, that had been raised yeah, yeah, throughout yeah. The, the game. So we defeat them, whatever. After the battle, we get a letter from Margrave Gautier, uh, Sylvain's dad, who has sort of taken up like leading the troops that Rodrigue was previously leading. Uh, um, they've officially put an end to the conflict in the kingdom. They're gathering forces. They're going to join with the alliance former Alliance army, and we are all going to march on Enbar. But he also tells us that he arrested one of uh, Viscount Clyman's men. I think Viscount Clyman is the noble who who basically like took over the Dusker territory after ah, the tragedy okay. of Dusker. So they, they arrested one of his guys and the prisoner claims involvement in the tragedy of Dusker. He's implicated his lord as well. And um, Sylvain's dad is like, I'm going to send this guy to y'all so Dimitri can interrogate him and decide what he wants to do with him. <laughs> okay. um, so that's that's the end of that chapter. Uh, chapter 21 is called Our Chosen Paths, Ooh. which is a great title. We go back to the monastery to regroup and prepare to march on Enbar. And uh, this opens with a cut scene of Dimitri uh, about to interrogate this prisoner and he asks Byleth and Gilbert to be there. So the prisoner explains that Dimitri's stepmother, Lady Patricia, was supposed to be the only one unharmed in the tragedy of Dusker. Sure. He'd been given orders ahead of time not to approach her carriage. And Gilbert reveals that he, <laughs> um, taking up the mantle, I guess, of, of Rodrigue's work, uh, has been spying on the lords who defected to the Empire in order to investigate rumors about Lady Patricia. Um, and it turns out he has confirmed that Patricia and Cornelia did conspire. Um, and Dimitri's like, do you really think that she would do all of this just because she wanted to go home. And Gilbert says, I don't think the two of them were solely responsible. There were likely nobles who opposed the king um, or someone who wanted to throw the kingdom into chaos who were also involved. The prisoner, for his part, says his lord felt that Lambert's radical ways were dangerous. I guess his radical ways were like 
trying to have good diplomatic relations with Dusker. Radical. Uh, (laughs) Radical. And so he was approached with an offer to take part in the incident at Dusker. And he did it because he loves his homeland and thought it was right. And this guy's like, to me, he embodied justice. Oh. And so Dimitri's like, so in the name of justice, you caused a massacre and murdered your own king. And like, (laughs) um... And the prisoner's like, yeah, I'm here because, like, I couldn't bear the weight of my own sins anymore. Mm, Sure. And so Dimitri says, uh, all right, well, lock him in a cell. I got to, you know, decide, you know, I got to think about this or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Gilbert's like, you're not going to, so you're not going to kill him? Like, like almost like he's afraid to, to like, <laughs> oh my God, plant the idea in his head. And um, Dimitri's like, I'll make that decision once I've had some time to consider it. Which hey, is gross. Growth. Yay. Growth. We love to see it. Um, one more cut scene here uh, in the cathedral after all of this has gone down and okay. um, Dimitri's there. Byleth approaches and asks if he's OK. He talks about he's like, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and talks about how um, he can't even remember his stepmother's face or the sound of her voice anymore. Uh, And he's, you know, sort of questioning, like, did she really want to go home so badly that she would have killed me and my father? But pretty quickly, he sort of puts it aside and says, I'm I have to, you know, I'm finished with those kinds of thoughts. I am ready to live without hate. You know, if I really love those who have died, what I need to do now is atone for my sins and take responsibility for the kingdom. Therefore, I feel like I need to, as we discussed in the last chapter, meet mm-hmm. with Edelgard and try to talk to her. Mm-hmm. You know, he acknowledges it's probably a fool's errand, sure, but um, sure. he wants to ask her about the future that she sees. And he says, I believe asking her about these things is the true responsibility I've been tasked with as king. Wow. Um, very well considered. Mm-hmm. Um, so our plan is to march to the Imperial capital, but before battle, we will send a messenger and tell Edelgard like, hey, we, you know, we want to talk. No weapons, no troops. Let's just have a chat. So the monastery scene this month, it's basically just like make your final preparations right? because um, you're not coming back here. Uh, so there's not too much that happens everybody's just kind of like oh you know they're like i have so many memories at the monastery or you know oh i I can't believe the war (laughs) is almost over it's like no not much of consequence except um when i speak to felix he says he thinks diplomacy is risky but he's not against it and he says i'm sure he's thought it through it would be the best way out of this mess let's just hope you know that he, he's talking about Dimitri. Yeah. He doesn't become so overwhelmed with emotion that he's unable to strike her down should the need arise. Um, also growth for him to be like, <laughs> I'm sure Dimitri's thought this through. Like I'm right. going to, you know, I, I'm going to trust the process. Love it. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, I had tea with Ash. Nice. And one of the things he said when I observed him was I tried to grow a beard once. <laughs> it was hairable. Almost as bad as that joke. Wow. Wow. I love this man. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, yeah, there is a scene where Dimitri and Edelgard talk it out. But I want to talk about my supports first and save that scene for before the battle. Sure. Because I, I think it warrants like a deep dive. OK. So uh, I'll go into my supports now. There's just three that I I kind of wanted to discuss. Um, So there's Dimitri and Mercedes' A support. Um, 
both at the cathedral to pray. And, you know, she's talking about it makes her think about people who have passed and, you know, they start complimenting each other for being kind souls. <laughs> um, and Dimitri's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm just a monster. And she's like, well, you kill for for your loved ones and for those who have passed. Real monsters kill for selfish reasons and they they don't have sorrow or regret when they kill. So please don't call yourself a monster. Mm. And he he's not convinced but he does say, I'm scared that I'm going to forget the faces of the people who've died. You know, not just the people that I've lost, but the people that I've killed. I don't want to forget them. Mm. And she says, it's sad, but people forget um, living in the present is the best that we can do. And we owe it to the dead to do that. Mm. And he says, if someone had said that to me five years ago, I'd be a different man today. I'm sure someone said it. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's not that radical of a thing. And again, as I mentioned last week, like this is implying that like that he could have overcome like the fact that he has hallucinations of yeah. the dead telling him to avenge them. Yeah, it's just sort of strange to have it posed that way. But I mm. I will have a lot to say about Dimitri's arc at the end. OK, um, spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she asks him, you know, what do you want to do now? Do you want to continue fighting for those who have died? And I'm asking you not as a king, but as my classmate, what do you want to do? And he says, I, I've honestly never given that any thought. What mm. about you? And she's like, I, I want to keep sewing with you and training with you even after you're the king i want to be your friend sure and he's like i have no right to stand beside you and she's like i cannot hear any more of the self-deprecation <laughs> i just want to be by your side okay um and he's like okay fine if you you know if you will allow it i would want the same thing mm. um so i was trying to set them up <laughs> frankly okay. at this point and we'll talk later about whether i was successful uh the next support is to do an Ingrid's a support. So <laughs> he <laughs> opens this up by asking her, is my face frightening? <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's like, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's frightening. It might be like aggressive. Why are you asking? says i made a village child cry oh my god <laughs> he's trying to figure it out and she's like i think maybe what you might have done is you know you think you're frightening so you walk around with this creepy smile glued to your face but like that is not that's not that's not it yeah and she says, you know, I was intimidated by you when we first met because you really didn't display a lot of emotion. You mm. didn't speak all that often. I didn't know what to make of you, but I wasn't making an effort get, to get to know you because you were from Dusker. And as I got to know you, I realized what a fool I'd been. Um, you know, you're kind, you're loyal, you're noble, really wonderful person. And in a certain regard, you're one of the knightliest people I know. Um, <laughs> OK, he responds, wonderful person. This is the first time anyone has ever said anything like that to me. Aww. And then they both get very awkward and they're <laughs> both embarrassed. <laughs> and that's where it ends. That's where it ends? Um, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, I was not trying to set them up. Sure. But I, I just kind of wanted to see where that went. I think that, like, you know, we've talked about Ingrid's racism frankly mm. i don't think that she's like fully redeemed for it you know i said when we talked about their b support like she does give a good apology but i don't know it's like apologizing to one person um <laughs> right yeah is is kind of it's not necessarily um a redemption arc 
<laughs> when your dossier says that you hate all people of a certain right, race. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I'm glad at least they're getting a log. I don't know. Finally, I want to talk about Sedeth and Flane's a support. <gasps> Ooh, okay. So their whole, I, I forget if we've talked about any of their supports so far, but their whole arc was basically just him being overprotective and her being like, hey, can you like step off? Um, I want to like, I want to make friends and get to know people. So it starts with him um, apologizing and saying, you know, I'm always going to worry about you because I care about you so much, but I'm not trying to hurt you. Mm -hmm. She says, I'm touched that you care. It's my fault. You've become so overprotective. He says, no, it's my fault. You were still so young. I placed far too much strain on you and our lack of resources was no excuse. Worse, I failed to watch you during battle. Your mother, too. We lost her because of me. Afterward, it broke my heart to see how much you needed to rest just to survive. I swore I'd dedicate every moment to your protection. Okay. I don't know what any of that means. Sure. Uh, Flane says, uh, ever since then, I've been afraid of falling asleep. Um, it's outmatched only by my fear of living alone. I want to live along my peers as an ordinary person, similar to how you and mother coexisted with your own comrades back then, fighting side by side. Mm-hmm. And... He's like, oh, I know you have to leave the nest someday. No matter how many ages our lives may span, mm -hmm. I know that's the way of it. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a child anymore. Just as you and mother met one another, and eventually I was brought into the world. I, he cuts her off, <laughs> okay. and he says, I know. Please, no more. And I was like, are they about to have the birds and the bees talk? Is that what I'm about to witness here? <laughs> it is not. Uh, he just says, no matter what happens, you're my daughter, but please, at least until the war is over, let me continue to worry. You're sure. the most precious person in my life. Um, and she's like, okay, my dear father, Keyhole. And he says, thank you, Sethlene. Okay. So they cool. are the saints. They are saints. How right. are they alive? What are they talking about? I have no fucking idea, AJ, because none of those questions have been answered for me in this game at any point. Interesting. I hope it gets answered another run. Maybe your run, maybe the Golden Deer run. I don't know. It sounds like to me that's like a church thing. Like if you're with the church, then that seems like a thing that eventually comes up, you know? What do you mean? I am with the church. Well, no, but I mean, like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, like like a Black Eagles church run. Like you are aligned with the church and not like your house, also the church. Oh, I see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what I, I, I guess. I, I don't know what the story beats would be there, I guess, because like uh -huh. it just sounds like they would be supports, but I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, an, another mystery. <laughs> that yeah. is uh, all I have until um, we get to uh, the great debate of Edelgarden Dimitri. The great debate. So I'm going to I'm going to pass it over to you. Okay, so uh, chapter 17, The Field of Revenge. Wow. Yeah, it's intense. I mean, as we've said before, basically, the battle this month is at the Teltian Plains, uh, which is where Nemesis fought Saros right. and where Lug, King Lug, beat the Empire the first time. So it's like a it's it's the grander field of this route. <laughs> it's like it's just a, a field where okay. a bunch of battles have taken place and another one mm -hmm. is about to happen. We see Dimitri and Rhea talking to each other 
uh, Dimitri just kind of reflecting on, you know, Arian Road has fallen. Rodrigue is dead. Ingrid is dead. You know, I, I will make sure they have not died in vain. Uh, actually, he does. He speaks to them pretty much. And it's like, oh, your deaths, your deaths will not be in vain. Rodrigue. Okay. Ingrid. It's not it's not like a, a, a full hallucination, but like it's still that mm-hmm. same vibe. I assume actually I'm looking at the, the wiki script right now. If I hadn't recruited Felix, Felix would also be in that list of people whose deaths oh. would not be in vain. Yeah. Um, and then Rhea tells him that, you know, they've seen the, the army marching toward the kingdom and they're like, OK, well, we have to meet them halfway because they can't get to Ferdiad because that's just like, you know, there are people who live in Ferdiad because it is a city. Um, so we have to meet them on the Taeltian Plains. He says something interesting that I'm not fully I don't think fully gets answered. He says, even if I am defeated, the Blathed bloodline will live on. And I don't know what that means. I think it's just because so uh, funny enough. Someone mentioned this in one of my chapters and I didn't really mm. uh, bother to say it, but uh, some, I think it was like a knight or something told me about the Crescent Moon War, which is when the Alliance won independence from the kingdom. The Duke okay. of Leicester died without an heir. Right. So lords with blood ties to House Blathed took that chance to propose ruling the, Le- the Leicester territory as a republic. So I think that a lot of the like Leicester Alliance lords are our play so i think that's what he means yeah and that's kind as far of as we... i am aware he does not have a, a kid <laughs> yeah well that's what that's... i was like does he have a child yeah. like whatever is he talking about edelgard like mm-hmm. i don't know because she's not she's not blathed that's it's yeah. yeah but so whatever and then they're you know they're like okay well let's go let's go do this and Rhea says i will take you at your word erasing the other child's existence is my task and mine alone i will get you back mother i promise and she seems kind of manic this whole time uh mm-hmm. to kind of match with what everybody has been saying about how she kind of lost it after I betrayed her. <laughs> um, so that tracks. And then we cut to uh, Hubert Edelgard and myself just talking about the uh, Taeltian Plains. It's so funny. Uh, it happens a couple times, so I'll, I'll bring it up when it does happen again. But like we get the scene of Dimitri and Rhea, and I guess it happened with with Claude and stuff, too, of like, oh, here's what our plan is in response to the thing. And then we immediately cut to like Edelgard and Hubert and be like, all right, here's probably what they're thinking. So we have to. And it's it's always 100 mm-hmm. percent accurate. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they are always a step ahead, um, which I think is just very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Hubert's just talking about how there is, you know, they have the Knights of Saros and we just need to. Uh, uh, and that House Blathed is renowned for their unmatched persistence. Basically, it's just like uh, Dimitri is not going to stop. Like, you have to kill him. There is no other choice. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Edelgard says, uh, the Immaculate One, descendants of the Ten Elites and other extremely fearsome foes await us. But with the help of our friends, we have a chance of <laughs> defeating them. It's just like with the, the power, power of friendship. friendship. Right. <laughs> It's like, okay, I I guess so. Uh, And then uh, and then we go into monastery time. Uh, Not a whole lot of interesting monastery stuff this month. I don't think Uh, Yuritsa once again, I'm actually saying Yuritsa this time as uh, is like, well, I'm excited for this war to almost be over because then I can kill you. It's like, okay. Felix is upset about uh, Rodrigue. Obviously, you know, he's, he's like, oh, it needed to happen, but it still, you know, makes me feel sad a little bit. And also, I know we're going to have to kill Dimitri because he is stubborn and he will fight until the last man. Wow. <laughs> Bernie is like hiding in the corner of the Black Eagle classroom. Like she's doing like this animation. It's like covering her face mm-hmm. with her with her hands. Um, <laughs> she's like, everyone's talking about this final battle and I don't feel like I'm taking it seriously enough. <laughs> like, how, 
can, how can I prepare battle for this final battle? Uh, it's just very funny. Probably start by not hiding in the classroom. Probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> and Ferdinand has a has a line talking about like instead of joining Edelgard, if he had just succeeded his father and like become the prime minister instead, because like basically when Edelgard took over, like all of that stuff kind of got. Mm-hmm quashed more or less he just says uh, for now let us join together and walk the path that her majesty lays out um so he's just like totally given up on any ideas of like what it actually means to be a noble which i think is a good call for him and his well-being yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh so lysithia talks about the the era of peace that is promised by edelgard um mm-hmm. you know like after the war is over and everybody's you know under the empire technically there should be peace and She's just like, I guess right now it's just like a hypothesis. So we kind of just have to hope that that's what's going to happen. But like a lot of people are are dying. And then she ends off. She ends that convo with saying, I wonder, was the collapse of Aryan Road really the church is doing? Or could it be that? Never mind. Just thinking out loud, Uh, which means I I assume Mm -hmm. she's thinking about those who slither in the dark. Right. Which she would be correct. Um, Right. Once again, I find that former monk in the cathedral, and he says that uh, before he left, uh, Rhea had been talking a lot about her mother, and he says, "Is she? I wonder if she's buried under Gary Mock or something. Like, well, my man. Mm. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Hubert talking about uh, Lord Arundel and those who sleep in the dark, he calls Arundel a maggot feeding off the empire like a parasite, <laughs> which is just... Mm. Fucking savage, dude. I love it. Yeah. Yes. He also calls calls them an irksome sort, which is just <clears throat> extremely Hubert. Uh, and that's pretty much my whole monastery scene. It's it's really just like getting ready for the final battle. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a lot to like do. So uh, some supports uh, that I would like to talk about just really quick. I want to touch on Edelgard and uh, Linhart's A support. They meet in the holy tombs and basically uh, Edelgard's like, oh, you're doing all this crest research. Like, I want to put you in charge of like a new crest research institute. But like you wouldn't have to do anything. You would just have to keep doing what you're doing. And then other people would take your research and then like do stuff because it's like you'll be able to keep doing whatever you want. But Mm -hmm. also the empire will benefit from it. And then he's like, I don't really want to do that because then it turns that into work. And then like. What if I don't want to what if I don't want to think about crests anymore? Then, you know, I don't want to like let you down or whatever, but I'll try because it seems like you put a lot of thought into it. And she's like, no, 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 no. We will not like if, if you're not in it, then we're not going to do it. We'll figure something else out, whatever. But that, that that's the whole support. But that support starts with them meeting in the holy tomb. And he's like, oh, wow. Some of these crypts have likenesses of the saints etched into the sides of them. Would you like to look? And she's like, no, we have other things to talk about. So- <laughs> Like, there's a world where she oh, says yes, man. and they go, oh, that's Sateth and Flane, that's, huh? Yeah, <laughs> we know them. Oh, my God. I just thought that was so fucking funny, because yeah. we, we know that Lynn was already on to Flane um, mm-hmm. from their C or B support, whatever it was. Uh, it was just so fucking funny. More A supports. I, 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 I The past three weeks, I've been like, yeah, I've done all my A supports, and then more keep popping up. I, I just kind of want to just, like, touch on a few, and then I really want to talk about mm-hmm. one. Uh, so, Caspar and Bylas A support. Caspar's still thinking about that guy with the scorpion tattoo that he saved those kids from a while ago, five mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, that was their C support is there was a guy with a, a spite scorpion tattoo. He killed him, right. whatever, or he killed himself. 
blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And their B support was Caspar being like, or was a knight telling Caspar and Byleth that like they had found another guy with a scorpion tattoo. And Caspar was like, oh my gosh, if I hadn't uh, jumped the gun five years ago, maybe we could have stopped this guy from killing blah, 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 whatever. Uh, And then the A support is like, hey, I know I said I fucked up, but also that's just like who I am. And like, if you can't accept the the way that I go about the world and stuff, then I should probably just leave. And the, the response I chose was, it's my job to plan around that stuff. And he's like, you're right. I should go blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> like, I know that you are who you are. And it's my responsibility to like, take that into account and like, make sure that you don't like fuck anything up. And he's like, oh, OK, well, cool. Thanks. I want uh, he says, I want to stand by your side, but I won't stop standing up for what I believe in. Thank you for accepting me for who I am, uh, which I thought was just very sweet. Yeah. That is nice. Meet people where they're at, you know? Exactly, right? Hubert and Ferdinand's A-minus support is so funny because Hubert basically just tells Ferdinand that he is relentlessly positive and constantly striving to grow as a person. And Ferdinand is like... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you just compliment me? He's like, he's like that stuff. Right. And and Hubert's like, I mean, you can take it as a compliment, but I'm merely just like observing the the traits that you have. And like, this is just a thing that is true about you. Uh, And Ferdinand's like, okay, thank you. But also next time, just like write it in a note because this is making me really uncomfortable. And that's the the end of the support. Oh my God. Hubert and Petra. Oh my God. So the last couple of times, their their last few supports, Hubert has been like, you know, you and Lady Edelgard have a lot in common and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, she's you're you're better or whatever. And Petra this time is finally just like, hey, stop comparing me to Edelgard. We are different people. Like, hell yeah, I, I, my accomplishments don't need to be measured against hers. And you don't need to just stop give- hitting women against women. <laughs> Hubert. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's just like, you don't need to, like, come at it from that, like. Just either tell me I'm doing something good or just like, don't talk about it. You don't need to just be walking around comparing me to Edelgard for no fucking reason. I didn't ask you. Um, And he's like, oh, sorry. (laughs) He like apologizes and and she asks him to like see her as a comrade in arms because like they both work together under Edelgard. Like Petra acknowledges that. It's like, but we are like me and you are equals. Uh, You know, I want you to see me as a as as comrade in arms, not a foreign royal. Uh, and he apologizes and then just talks about how like he sees a lot of Edelgard's positive traits in Petra. So he thinks it's it's just kind of like impossible to not compare them in his head. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I wrote in my notes, oh, my God, he likes her because she has a troubled past and is a strong woman. The dude has a type. <laughs> he does have a type. <laughs> um, and then uh, Petra ends that conversation with one day you'll be choosing me over her, which I thought Damn. was wild. And then uh, I never talked about. Bernadetta and Yuritsa's sea support because the sea support is she runs into the death knight like probably just scared of him yeah in full armor it's like (laughs) oh my god how scary and then he's like oh fuck and he like finds her without the armor on is like I didn't mean to scare you and she just in these supports I don't know if I just am missing a character trait of Bernadetta that she's just like dumb as a fucking rock but in these supports (laughs) she is made out to be just so dense and just like incredibly unaware which I never really Yeah, I never really got that vibe. My read on her is always that she's just like very good at things. So, you know, she's like smart. It's just really, no, no, it's just really weird. So the C support is her. Uh, she, she she keeps she like can't figure out who he is or something because she's like oh are you the death knight or are you Yuritsa and he's like yes I'm both and she's like well n- well but like are you professor Yuritsa from like five years ago or like are you the death and she like couldn't get the thing I don't know whatever mm-hmm. uh, and then she so the B support starts off with her being like I figured out your secret I know that you're the death knight and he's like yeah 
everybody knows that. And she's like, wait, what? I spent hours decoding your identity. And, she, and then they just have like a conversation about why he wears the armor. And he's like, oh, she's like, why do you choose such scary armor? And he's like, oh, I guess I choose to just embody the, the, the demon or something, whatever. And then she tells him that he has to tell her a secret because she spent all this time <laughs> uh, doing research <laughs> into figuring anything out, whatever. But then she, she thinks that he wears the armor because like her, he doesn't like talking to people. And he just goes, and that's the end of the conversation. So that was the few I wanted to touch on. The one I really, really want to talk about. Um, And I'm upset that I wasn't able to make this pair happen. Uh, I guess Mm -hmm. spoiler for the end, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I'm going to cut that out. Eh, That's fine. I've already told you. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, So it's Edelgard and Dorothea's a support. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're just talking, whatever. Uh, And... Dorothea tells Edelgard that when they are hanging out or like when they are together, Dorothea doesn't worry about love. She just like thinks about their relationship and how. And so I wrote she doesn't worry about love from men is what I wrote. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, So she just talks about how like special their relationship is and blah, 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 blah and all that stuff. It's very, very nice. And then Dorothea talks about, you know, every time they have a support, they talk about the opera about Edelgard's life. So Dorothea is like, oh, uh, you know. You're, this opera is just going to be so incredible, blah, blah, blah. And don't worry, you don't have to play. You're not going to have to play yourself because I'll do it and I'll, be, I'll do it wonderfully. And Edelgard's like, well, no, you can't play me because there is no story of Edelgard without a Dorothea. Uh, and I almost I like yelled at my switch. I nearly yeah. burst into tears. My heart is so full for these women. There's no shepherd without Vicarian. What? No, don't worry about it. We'll talk about that in a future season. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so it was so sweet and I loved it so much. And I was really upset that it took me this long to get that support because there was just no way they were going to end up together because mm, they just never yeah. really like I, I wasn't making an effort for it really, really bums me out. But that that became my one like that became my OTP. Like that was my one true pair. Yeah. Um, everybody else could end up with whoever the fuck they want as long as Hubert ended up alone and Dorothea ended up with it. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that when we get to the epilogues yes. after our yes. battles. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's all. <sighs> For my monastery and support stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> do we want to talk about the great debate? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So let's let's talk about this Dimitri Edelgard. Yeah. Thing. So I, I'm. I'm not quite sure what the best way is to do this. I almost just want to read, just read it. (laughs) Sure. Like, because I feel like it's, it's worth hearing um, Mm -hmm. because it's them like laying out their ideological, you know, platforms, I guess. Whoa. Like, should should we go back and forth? Like we're in high school. Like one of us plays Dimitri. One of us (gasps) plays him. Do you want to do that? I would do it. Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, there's a debate and then, and then they like have a moment where they talk about their past. So I think we can stop before we get to that point. But, um, I do think it would be like useful, (laughs) um, for a, for you to like hear it and be able to engage and, um, okay, great. Thank you. Cause like, I, I think it's worth talking about. And I will say before we start this, a lot of this is, like, it's not totally clear to me what they're trying to say. Okay. A lot of it 
both of them come off as extremely paternalistic at times in a way that is like mm. not flattering to either character. Mm. But yeah, I, I, I just think it's, it's worth doing a deep dive because it feels like the first time we're actually hearing like, okay, what do these characters actually believe? Sure. What is this whole fucking war about? You know? <laughs> right. Um, so do you want to be Edelgard and I be Dimitri or do you want Absolutely. to do? Absolutely. No, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm fully down to be Edelgard and you be Dimitri if you are. Okay. I will get straight to the point. Why did you start this war? There had to be a way to change things in your territory without the need for so many senseless casualties. It may be hard to believe, but this is the way that leads to the fewest casualties in the end. Don't you see? How could I? Countless people have already lost their lives in this conflict. The longer we took to revolt, the more victims this crooked world would have claimed. I weighed the victims of war against the victims of the world as it is now, and I chose the former. I believe that I have chosen the best path, the only path. Even after seeing the faces of those who have suffered the ravages of war, you would still force them to throw their lives away for the future? You are obsessively devoted to this war and deaf to the screams of its victims. You cannot change the cycle of the strong dominating the weak with a method like that. You're wrong. That very cycle is exactly what I have devoted my life and my power to destroying. If after all of this you believe that the weak will still be weak, that is only because they are too used to relying on others instead of on themselves. Yes, perhaps someone as strong as you can claim something like that, but you cannot force that belief onto others. People aren't as strong as you think they are. There are those who cannot live without their faith and those who cannot go on once they've lost their reason for living. Your path will not be able to save them. It is the path of the strong, and so it could only benefit the strong. Hmm. So you can... Hmm. Damn it. <laughs> take it again, take it again. <laughs> hmm. So you consider me strong, do you? Even if one clings to their faith, the goddess will never answer them. Countless souls will be lost that way, living without purpose. And I can be counted among those who have died that way as well. But that's why I must change this world on behalf of the silent and weak. What? Yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck? And do you intend to become a goddess yourself? Will you steal the power to take action from the brokenhearted masses you claim to defend? The ones who can truly change the way of the world are not the rulers, but the people. Pushing your own sense of justice and your own ideals onto even one other person is no more than self-righteousness. Maybe it is self-righteousness, but it doesn't matter. Someone has to take action and put a stop to the world's endless blood-stained misery. Do you not believe in the power of the people to join together and rise up? Humans are weak creatures, but they are also creatures who help each other, support each other, and together find the right path. I have learned that humans are capable of all that from the professor and from everyone in my life. I doubt a highborn person like yourself could know how the poor feel or what motivates them. Okay, Imperial Princess. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? This is nonsense. Though I'm finally starting to understand how you feel, but that makes it even clearer to me that we can never fully understand each other. I feel the same. I finally understand what you believe is right. Goodbye, Dimitri. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <What>? I. What? <laughs> Yeah, what are either of them saying, first of all? Yeah, it, it, uh, it's, 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 what? So, Dimitri brings up the, okay, people are weak, they can't do the thing that, things that you want them to do, 
And she says, okay, but if they're weak, then they're just used to relying on other people. And he says, yeah, exactly. That's the point. And she says, if people live like that, there is no purpose. And that's why I have to change it on behalf of those weak people. And then he says the people can join together and rise Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. It's like, it's like they they, both ways, bud. Yeah. I mean, they both are, are like the, you know, this is for the people and the people are weak, but the people are strong, but the, you know, like there's, they're, they're both kind of like talking themselves in circles a little bit. Exactly. And not saying a whole lot, I feel. But I think what I sort of gather from this and what it kind of made me realize that I hadn't considered before sure. is that we've been referring to to what Aelgard is doing as, as a revolution. Sure. But that that term like doesn't make sense applied to this. She's mm-hmm. leading an empire. Yeah. Yeah. She, you know, an empire, which is like <laughs> we and we see it like the direct result of doing what empires do, which is like ex- exploitation. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if this is what the game was getting at. And I frankly don't think that it it is because I don't think that it's observing it that that closely. But to me, it does kind of feel like, well, you you know, like you're you're not affecting actual change if if the arm that you're using to do it is itself like a an inherently fucked up institution. Yeah. And it's a good point that like this was not like a grassroots revolution that elected Edelgard as its its leader. It's it's an empire doing what empires do, conquering and exploiting. And we see it like very actively in the, the former kingdom territories where, you know, in my run, I hear about that exploitation. I hear about the fact that like trade is basically impossible because you know the cornelia is like bleeding everyone dry and you know we can draw a distinction between like is that the empire or is it like those who slither in the dark but like i don't i don't know that i don't hear the words those who slither in the dark uttered once in my entire run so like i mean why would you yeah yeah so like yeah like i i sort of i don't know that this is actually what dimitri is saying but it does sort of solidify for me that like, I don't think that like, I don't think that this is like a revolution in the way that, that the game or at least Edelgard wants you to think it is. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if you have any other like takeaways from this. It's just, it, it's kind of fascinating to me. Um, and I, I watched it again on YouTube this morning just to like mm. brush up. And so many people are like, I love this scene so much. It's so good. I'm like, what the fuck are they even saying? <laughs> like, yeah, it seems is... it, it seems like artificially deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like nothing yeah. they're saying is like super, uh, I, I don't know, revolutionary or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, by my understanding, Dimitri is saying, basically he's saying, this is your revolution, not the people's revolution. No matter, mm-hmm. no matter how you frame it, you are the empire, you are the emperor, you're doing the thing, whatever. That's how I, that's how it comes across to me. But he, but he also says like, if the people wanted to revolt, they would have revolted. Like that's kind of how it comes across to me. And that's yeah. kind of shitty. Yeah. That sucks. Like they um, both, they both suck. <laughs> they both do <laughs> suck. Yes. Uh, I, 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 think, I do think that like he is expressed openness to like a new and different world. 
Sure. But he has not himself articulated a, a path to getting there right. at all. And it sounds like his path is to just wait until the people do it themselves. Because mm-hmm. if you do it, you're imposing your will and you can't impose your mm-hmm. will because then blah, 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 blah. Which like on some level, sure, I get it. But also not to be too much of a simp for the Empire, I guess. But like <laughs> if Edelgard didn't do it, how many more years, decades, hundred, mm-hmm. you know, centuries would go by before the people finally were able to rise up, you know? And I'm not trying, uh, again, yeah. I'm, not, I'm really not, I'm, I'm really not trying to be like, no, no, yeah, Edelgard's right. But like, I think she's more right than Dimitri is right now because Dimitri's like, the people are weak. You got to, but the people got to be strong to rise up. But I don't know. I mean, here's what I will grant you. I do think that, um, what does she say? Um, when she says uh, if you believe the people, the weak will still be weak. That is only because they're too used to relying on others instead of on themselves. I think that that is a very astute observation <laughs> that yeah. like, you know, the reason why the feudal system, I want to use the word works, but I use, I use yeah. that word to mean it works as intended and not right. like actually works for the people. Right. Um, it's like a machine, not like a, right. a, a beneficial. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the, you. You know, the, the purpose of it is to keep people subjugated right. and it's very effective in doing that by continuing to steal power from them. Like I get that. That is, that is a, that is true. Yeah. But at the same time, like the notion that the way to effectuate that change and, and, you know, break out of that cycle is an empire conquering the rest oh, yeah. of the continent um, yeah. is, you know, that's it, it's sort of absurd. And so, I, you know, it's just at the end of the day, these are two fucking like 21 year old kids trying to lead nations and doing about as well as two 21 year old (laughs) kids. probably would. I think, and I feel like, like, I feel like Dimitri's on the right track of like, yes, on a certain level, it is up to the people to, to revolt and and do the thing they want, but also Edelgard is also right. They need to be able to feel like they have that power Mm -hmm. to do the thing. They need to be able to not rely on the system to like keep whatever, but she was next in line to the throne. Literally, she becomes the emperor like before she graduates high school. Like mm-hmm. she is in that position. But I guess from her view, she has seen the way that the uh, she has seen the empire more than once, like cannibalize itself uh, with mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, Arendelle basically taking over with like, you know, the the, the shadow hand uh, behind the, the council, which basically made her father an impossible. Like he couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So I guess. But it seems like she's. <laughs> And then the same thing with the church. Yeah, I I think that, you know, the church in this is interesting. Yeah, it's just it seems like in this conversation, they are arguing about the wrong thing. Kind of like they're they're talking about a revolution for the for the people, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, revolution for the people. But really, it's a revolution, sure, for the people, but more so to destroy the church Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that then the people will be able to do whatever. Yeah. Uh, And the way that they touch on the church in here is so like kind of sidelong and and strange. So I guess the the way that it first comes up is when he says there are those who cannot live without their faith and those who cannot go on once they've lost their reason for living. Your path will not be able to save them. And she says, even if one clings to their faith, the goddess will never answer them. Hmm. Um, they're both 
like off the mark, you know, like yeah. the, the point isn't that like, oh, so many people will be lost without the goddess. The point is like people have religious beliefs and they're entitled to have their religious mm-hmm. beliefs, you know, like mm-hmm. as long as they're the, the, the issue is not religion. It is the church, right? It is the institution of the church. It is not the fact that the people believe in the goddess, right? Um, it is a way that the religion is being used as like a weapon right. or leverage or whatever. Right. And like neither of them is talking about it in that context. It's more about like, does religion make the people weak or strong? And it's like, right. it, it's just like a nonsense conversation. Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah. so strange to me. Cause like that's at the heart of this and it's not, it's, it's completely sidestepped. It's, I don't know. I, I think that it's possible that there are like mistranslation issues. One thing I read said that, you know, for example, when she says, I doubt a highborn person like yourself could know how the poor feel. Uh, that is not quite what the original Japanese uh, meant oh. at that at that point. I think it was supposed to be more of like, I doubt that someone who like has had all the privileges that you have had would be able to understand, which, yeah. which makes more sense in the context of like what we know about her history. Um, right. where Like she has been, you know, the, the subject of, of this kind of exploitation, yeah. um, notwithstanding that she is, you know, a right. person of noble, <laughs> yes, <laughs> noble status. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's such a bizarre, like manifesto for each of them. It is. It's so, but weird. you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, there was for a long time in this game, I was trying to figure out like, what is like the ideological message of the game? And mm-hmm. there isn't one. No, um, I don't think there is. <laughs> there is not. I don't think that they were. And it's not even because the game is like, here are two very interesting sides to a thing. And which one do you believe? It's mo- it's just like not the actually that interested. I don't think in examining any of this. Right. It's interested in using that stuff as scene setting to tell mm-hmm. an interesting story, but to not actually. Right go out of its way to say anything about any of it. Yeah. And that's, that's a thing that like for me and my enjoyment of this game coming to terms with the fact that it does not have anything to say ideologically, like there isn't a message here um, Mm -hmm. in that, you know, with respect to that stuff helped me (laughs) come to a better place with the end of the game. Cause I'm, I, I, I may have been hinting at it to this point, um, but I, I will say now, and AJ knows, I was pretty disappointed with the end of the Blue Lions run. Yeah. And sitting with it, I, I finished it on Friday night. We're now at Sunday afternoon and sitting with it for, you know, 24 plus hours and, you know, reading things and and like doing research. And I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And I've gotten to a place where I am more satisfied with it. Um, Not fully, but like. The, this is one one of the things that I had to do to get to that place is abandon the hope that that the game had anything interesting to say about yeah. ideology because it doesn't <laughs> it just doesn't. I'm curious to see part of me feels like, you know, I, I don't know what your ending is yet. I don't know what the ending is for any of the other routes, but I'm I, I wonder if the reason for it not really taking a stance in whatever way is so that it can 
tell four unique stories with like slightly different perspectives and not have to work too hard to like tie them into like a single message. You know what I mean? It's it's I'm not saying I it's don't, like good, but I, you know, I don't think so, because I think when we talk when we talk at the end about like, what is this game actually the themes, as I mentioned, right, like, right. what is it? What is it actually getting at? I just don't think that it's interested in it. I just don't yeah, think I that agree. that's the point at all. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we can talk about it then. God, what a wild fucking conversation. Yeah. Jesus yeah. I'm glad. Thank you for engaging with me on it. Cause I just, yeah, I know that was like a long conversation, but I feel like it's important in a game where like, this is the motivation behind, you know, everything like this, yeah, is, this it. is, this is the culmination of, of everything. Not, not the battles mm-hmm. really, you know, really. Yeah. Uh, or I guess it, it could be, it could be, but I this, feel like maybe the, the battles. Wind up this to me battle. was the most, this is like, this for me was the end of the game, really, in terms of story, really, right, right. because the the rest of it is kind of just like, all right, battle, you know, yep. so we can get to the end. Yep. So that's that's sort of why I wanted to spend some time on it. So, yeah, if you feel like we've sort of covered all that ground, um, we can talk about how the scene ends because uh, there's a little bit more. So before uh edelgard leaves dimitri says wait edelgard there's something i must give you he gives her back the dagger that he had given her as a kid that she dropped and that uh <laughs> i used to deduce what was going on here he says this is for you use it to cut a path to the future you wish for and i will rise up to meet you there he calls her l so there he was go. in that that tight inner circle mm-hmm. we get uh sort of a flashback of the moment that he gave her the dagger and when he gives it to her, he says, "L, listen to me, no matter how, how hard things get, you can't give in. You've got to cut a path to the future you wish for no matter what. And then she leaves and she says, I remember now you gave me a dagger all those years ago, which did she not remember? She's been carrying around this dagger for like a decade <laughs> Or she had been at the time that she dropped it five years ago, <laughs> I guess. Sure. So uh, whatever. But I don't know. Maybe she forgot that it was it was Dimitri that gave it to her. Yeah. Maybe she didn't realize it was the same kid. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he he says he's sorry. <laughs> he's like, I should have given you something that would have made you happier. She says, yeah, at the time I was pretty flustered that you gave me such a dangerous gift. <laughs> um, I left without giving you a proper response. And that was the last time we saw each other. And he says, true. It's a sweet memory with a bitter ending. She says, I'm afraid it will do no good to reminisce that girl you knew back then is gone as good as dead but i'll tell you now what i wasn't able to tell you back then thank you my dear forgotten friend because of you i never lost my heart as for the future that will be decided in battle king of fargus as the emperor i shall await your arrival in enbar and they leave Woof. Well. and then actually uh yes, i get I one more get scene, scene which i assume you get uh-huh before we leave for the final battles byleth is in the cemetery at garrick mock which is so funny to me that like we we went to enbar had this conversation oh. with edelgard i actually i'm like can i just i gotta go back and contemplate a grave for a second <sighs> um <laughs> Well, they probably didn't bring the whole army to Enbar that time, right? They probably just went just like as a... I guess, yeah. So <laughs> Violet is in the cemetery and it says, with a decisive battle ahead, Byleth decided to visit the cemetery. And Byleth remembers Geralt's words about giving the ring to someone they love and thinks, someone I love. And then you get a list of everyone that you can romance 
And Mm -hmm. it's like, do you wish to share your life with whoever you choose? Yeah. Do you want to do we want to do guesses again like we did with the the goddess tower or do we want to just do reveals? Uh, Do you want to do guesses? Maybe we should do guesses. Okay. Uh, All right. Let me pull up your house list really quick. Okay. Uh, Okay. Let's see. Let's see. I want to say Felix. (laughs) Part of me wants to say Felix just for just for fun. Oh, okay. You said Raphael and Bernadetta you want to get together. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to say Felix. I'm going to say Felix. I'm going to lock it in. Okay. I think yours is Petra. All right. Sounds good. We'll find out. (laughs) We'll find out later. Just like what a wild scene. (laughs) It's just not wild scene. It's just like so funny. Because like all this shit is happening and they're like, all right, let's go mm-hmm. murder. It was like, but first, who do you want to marry? Right. Like, oh, it's just so funny. Very strange. Especially because like I mine is implied to like it happens like months after the war, if not years. Like, <laughs> mm, interesting. It's very strange. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, battle time. I think it's battle time. I don't know what that song was, but it's battle time. I don't know. That's the battle time uh, song. I guess so. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is my chapter 21 battle, Assault on Enbar. We have Hubert here as the boss. Uh, Petra is also here. Um, um, yeah, I mean, there's honestly not that much that's interesting to say about this really? battle. <laughs> yeah, I, we fight him. Um, Dimitri... <laughs> Dimitri killed Petra, which is very sad. Petra said, Edelgard, I will not be keeping my promise. Forgive me. And I kill Hubert. He says, we must place our faith in her majesty. Her victory is everything. And so with that, we've cleared the way to the palace. So get a couple of cutscenes in between. Dimitri sends uh, platoons to take control of the city. He tells them no needless killing or pillaging. And uh, we know that Edelgard is in the palace, so we're we're going to head there. Uh, <laughs> Felix says, go and win. Be the boar that you are, and don't you dare look back. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, okay. wild. <laughs> and then we get a cut scene in the palace. <sighs> uh, it's Edelgard and one of her generals. And Edelgard says, the time has nearly come. General says, yes, the anomaly should present itself shortly. Okay. However... Edelgard says, no reason to fret. It's too late to second guess. <sighs> and uh, the anomaly presents itself. Oh, my God. Um, there are a lot of very awful, squelchy noises. And Edelgard turns into a, a monster. <gasps> what? Yes. <gasps> okay, I'll find a photo for you. Um, she says, this pain is nothing compared to what I've already suffered. Yeah. What? Just yeah. right off the bat? Yes. Holy shit. Yeah, let me let me find a photo for you. I mean, she looks sick, if I'm being perfectly honest, but <laughs> sure. um what the f- Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Whoa. Big monster this is, Edelgard. This is sick. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Whoa. So that's what's waiting for us in the Imperial Palace. <laughs> I am Wow. Yeah. This is so this is so fucking rad. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh my God. I I mean, my poor girl, but holy shit, that's sick as, sh- that's sick as hell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I just... <laughs> no, I, I'm glad, wow. I'm glad it, uh, it was as impactful for you as it was for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh we transition to chapter 22 oath of the dagger uh and Woof. it we just immediately launch into the battle clash at the imperial palace so edelgard in her uh monster form is called hegemon edelgard i don't know why uh, worth noting also the music in this battle does rip i was told by our friends bolt and jill to expect the music to rip and it sure did um it does yeah apparently i think our our music might have been different it sounded like like they might be different songs but they're all really good yeah mine included the you know the when byleth like first meets Sothis and sometimes in the byleth Sothis scenes there's this music where like a woman is like vocalizing Hmm. That is in this song and it okay. owns. It's so nice. good. Yeah, it's nice. incredible. Um, and that, like the music and also the realization that um, this was my last battle with my blue lions in this run Aww. made me very emotional for a second. I didn't cry, but I got close. Uh, So anyway, we are fighting our way through the Imperial Palace to Edelgard in the throne room. And there are mages on the map who Ingrid notices aren't wearing Imperial uniforms. One of them is named, which is fucking wild to me. It's the last chapter and I'm getting a new named character. His name is Mycin. And he says, we cannot allow our grand ambition to be stopped. And he also says, we will return this world to mortal hands. May that filthy race of beasts wither and die. Yeah, that tracks. I don't know. I don't know who. Does that track for you? Because it doesn't track for me. I don't know who he's talking about. He's talking about, uh, I mean, the, the fucking Rhea and stuff, being a dragon and whatnot. And all the saints. The saints? Yeah. Well, the, 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 yeah, that was, that, that was Edelgard's whole thing. Is that the the saints and stuff were just actually dragons that were making they were like doing big all the saints were dragons from my understanding. That was what she was saying was that they were all just dragons that could do big magic and make it look like it was a miracle. But really, it was just dragon magic. Oh, yes. I didn't. Yeah, I don't think I I gathered that from our conversation. I thought it was just like a ray, a big dragon. That's weird. No. Yeah, that's. No. <laughs> no, that's that's Edelgard's whole thing is that the church isn't the church is is bad, but it's only bad because it's ruled by monsters. When she calls Rhea a monster, she means it literally. <laughs> and we we talked about this, I thought, because because we were saying we that did. Edelgard sees them as dragons first, people second. I but I I only thought it was Rhea, I guess. But I, you know, this is I guess mm. I didn't. Um, but that's not the only reason that she doesn't like the church. It's also because of the exploitation and such. Well, it's because the exploitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, the whole nobility uh, system and stuff. But. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That. Nope. That. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I I certainly wouldn't have known if you hadn't told Definitely. me at all. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's wild. Anyway. Um. Whenever. <laughs> once I finally kill him, he he is like a motherfucker can hit like oh my god he <laughs> hits so hard to the point that like i had to divine pulse multiple times to get him without like him taking down any of my units but whenever he dies um or i guess he he retreats and 
or no, when he he does die. And then another mage is like, everyone retreat. We cannot sacrifice our goal. So they bounce. And so we're like, oh, okay. So they were not with the empire. They were something entirely different. Mm. You and I both know what that is. But if I hadn't spoken to you, I would have had no idea. So um, returning now to um, Monster Edelgard, she can yeet magic across the entire map. So Yo. she's all the way in the throne room and we're all the way. And this is a big map. And like we're right at the front and she yeah. starts yeeting magic at us. So really? and, and she's she is pretty specifically targeting Dimitri a lot of the time. Sure. Um, you know, it's not like with a lot of enemies, they seem to target whoever is the weakest. Weakest and closest, um, yeah. you know, yeah. Or whoever's like got the lowest HP or whatever. She is she is going for Dimitri, which is so interesting. But um, I just Annette um, can rally resistance. So I just did that a billion times. And uh, by the end, she was like, bare, you know, she was doing like 10 damage to him or something. It was nothing. Woof. Woof. Yeah. So that was good. Um, but <laughs> this is another, you know, moment of me being like, what the fuck is this game trying to say ideologically? Clearly nothing. Um, because. He says, if Edelgard is prepared to transform her very body to fight for this future of hers, then I have no choice but to defeat her. We must defend the present. After all, it is all that we truly have. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. It sucks. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. And she she says, you know, they ca- they're caught up in the, these fools are caught up in the sacrifices at hand and cannot see the future ramifications at stake. We must bury them. We must trample the past underfoot and move onward to a brighter tomorrow. Okay. So I, apparently you can just like walk into a battle and say some words that don't mean anything. Anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> wow. So when... He attacks her. He says to be changed beyond all recognition. That is what lies at the end of the ideals you have served so diligently. I mean, yeah, kind of. I have no pity for one such as you. If that is the future you hoped for, then you deserve no compassion. (laughs) My note here was my dude. What the fuck are you even talking about? Yeah, what? I will say when I when I attack her, she says facing you, I grow weak. But finally, we take her out. Um, it's actually, it's kind of nice. I like waited until I could get, she's like on this kind of like raised platform and I Mm. waited until I could get like a bunch of us up there. And so it was like me and all of my friends are here to beat ass. And so we did (laughs) and, uh, took her down and then, um, we get the last like anime cut scene of the blue lions run. So we see the the throne room. There's like light streaming in from the windows. It's really, really pretty. Um, worth watching. All of the like monster shit on Edelgard disappears. It's sort of mm. like, it's like it was Thanos snapped away the way it mm. kind of like dissolves off of her into dust. Um, and it's just her kneeling before us. And Dimitri walks up and reaches out her hand to her. Mm. And he says, L. Um, and she looks up at him for a moment. And starts to pull out a dagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. And it cuts away for a second. We don't actually like see what happens, but we see in the aftermath, she stabbed him. What looks to be pretty close to the heart, but actually, I guess it's just his shoulder. Um, But he sort of just as quickly like got her with his lance. Yeah. So she she dies and he just pulls out the dagger and it is the dagger that he gave her yeah and he drops it 
Um, and we turn to leave. I, uh, Byleth opens the door um, and it's just like bright light behind it. Um, mm. And he he almost turns back, but she grabs his hand and they walk into the sunlight to the sound of cheering. Okay. Uh, and that's where it ends. Wow. So the narrator explains that, you know, the rule of the Adrestian Empire has ended. Um, the Peril Capital collapse. Fodlin is united as the Holy Kingdom of Fargus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rhea was in fact imprisoned here, but she's weak from her imprisonment. So she steps down as the archbishop. The church begins to reorganize. Byleth becomes the new archbishop from the church of, of the church of Saros. Okay. And Dimitri ascends the throne and, um, he he was guided by Byleth essentially um, as he sought to create a world free from oppression. Sure. And then we get we get, I guess, a little bit more detail um, in the epilogue. But that's where that ends. I was expecting there to be like a cutscene where I get to talk to Rhea and figure shit out. Because if you'll recall, Sedith told me when we rescue Rhea, I'm going to make her explain some shit to you. Didn't yeah. get that. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just going to go ahead and do my rant now. Go for it. I yep. learned nothing in this run. Sure. I learned nothing. I I wrote down so many unanswered questions. What was the deal with Gerald? What was the deal with Flayne yeah. and Sedith? Like, how are the saints still alive? I guess it's because they're fucking dragons. Yeah. What was the deal with me? Why do I have a crest? Why is it the same crest Edelgard has? Um, why can I use the sort of the whatever, the sort of the creator? Mm-hmm. Um, what does the opening cutscene have to do with anything? What happened at the Red Canyon? Why is Sothis in my head? What did Rhea do to me when I was a baby? What was the deal with those who slither in the dark? I don't know in my chapter. <laughs> what was the deal with Rhea? Why is she a dragon again? Why does she know a song Sothis wrote? What happened in Dusker? We sort of know what happened in Dusker, but we really don't actually know <laughs> because yeah. it's like, oh, there may have been others who were involved, but but, you know, sorry, your your stepmom conspired with it was so unsatisfying in the moment yeah. to get to the end and be like, wait a minute, that's it. Yeah. Like that's that's we we killed Edelgard and that's it. Like, I, I, I don't know what happened here. What was yeah. the deal with Lord Lenato? I, yeah. I found out apparently there that was hidden in a support. That's the thing that like, I don't know how much of this I could have figured out if I had done the right supports, which I apparently didn't. How or how much know? of this is explained in other runs or how much of it is, as Alana told us from the beginning, just a plot hole. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Why did everyone want Flane's blood? I guess because she's a fucking dragon. But like, yeah, weird that it was know. only Flane's blood. I don't know. Yeah, Flane's blood is extremely special. I guess what's what is Saint Sethleen the saint of? I couldn't fucking I tell know. you. Saint yeah, something. I don't know. So so, uh, sorry. Are you? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm done. I like <laughs> well, as we will talk about when we talk about like the themes of this game. I am not as unsatisfied as I was in the moment that I finished it and realized sure. I wasn't going to get answers to any of these questions. But I'm. Sp- pretty fucking unsatisfied at that time and it is still wild to me like i understand the purpose in a game like this of leaving certain threads dangling so that you are inspired to continue another chapter but blue lions is like i got fucking nothing i didn't the one thing i really got an answer to which is dusker i didn't really get an answer to and so it's just wild to me that they chose to leave so much un unexplained in one of these runs. Yeah. Um, you know, if I were 
There was a part of me that was like, why would I even be motivated to play another run? Because I don't, you know, am I going to get to the end of another, like, my playtime in this game is like over 100 hours. And part of it is because I like restarted a Blue Lions run, I think. But like, I am I going to get to the end of another run that I sink, you know, dozens of hours into just to find that I still don't know, you know, like it it, it lost a lot of like, like goodwill for me mm. a little bit to to have so much that was set up and and never like never adequately addressed in this run. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, it's it's possible that a lot of this is stuff that I missed because of supports that I didn't do. But I don't know how I was supposed to know which ones to invest my time in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like that's so, something yeah. like if we were playing this when the game came out, like, I don't know how much how quickly this information got online. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. you're just going to have to kind of put your heart that the next route you play is going right. to give you some of the answers that you want. You know what I right. mean? Right. Right. Which is kind of frustrating. Yeah. I I do wonder if like we did ourselves a bit of a disservice by spread stretching this out over so many months. Uh, that's true too. Because it, it really gave time to like sit with these things yeah. and and hype ourselves up for what yeah. <laughs> what the answer was gonna be. Yeah. Even so, like even if we did play these games in or play this game in like the I don't know, quote unquote like appropriate timetable you know I mean? <laughs> of like maybe a, a couple of weeks like that in some ways I feel like makes it worse because right now me and you are so fu- well, you've already restarted a run, but it, yeah. we are so far removed from the yeah, first that's, half that's of this thing, game. Yeah. And so like yeah. if we had played it, you know, it only took us a week or two weeks or whatever. I wouldn't want to go back and play those first 12 chapters again. They're going to be the same. And I know that That's for the most point. part. I mean, I know it's it's about getting to know the kids and stuff, but like all the battles are the same, like mm-hmm. half of the game. Right. Like, maybe maybe a third, maybe half is, is being too too whatever. But like a large chunk of what you're going to be playing mm-hmm. immediately after you finish this game is going to be the same thing again. Yeah. That's I mean, and that's why I I messaged you. Yeah. Where I was like, hey, we because we, we hadn't really decided what we wanted to do next. I don't even think we have necessarily decided. No. But, you know, we were talking about doing Golden Deer, maybe doing um, a church run Black Eagles. And I was like, AJ, like if it's OK with you, like whether or not we do the same thing or, you know, do do different things. I would really like to do Golden Deer because the thought of doing so much the same again getting to know you know black eagles who i like kind of already know from having right, spoken yeah. to you about it i was like i like i i need something fresh and totally new to fresh, like right. keep me yeah mm-hmm, keep me engaged mm-hmm. um so i have started a golden deer run that's the thing like i i was like how is anyone motivated to play the game again and then i immediately started my <laughs> golden deer run so um clearly the motivation is still there um yeah you know i my my initial reactions i think are outsized but they are still reactions that i had and um mm. that i i i wanted to share i feel bad that my experience of the game was not as glowing as i think a lot of people uh, might be hoping it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. People were hoping and that I thought, you know, cause clearly from the beginning I, I was so invested. Yeah. But you know, I think part of what happened is that unbeknownst to me, blue lions is really, it's really centering Dimitri's personal story and his journey. Yes. Um, so, you know, that stuff that I got very invested in was like not really the focus. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, as we've talked about, there are parts of Dimitri's story that really don't sit right with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I do want to talk about that a bit more at some point. I don't know if we want to do that now or 
after we talk. I think we should talk about your battle and then okay. as we're sort of wrapping, you know, kind of like taking a, a zoom out <laughs> bird's yeah, eye yeah, view. Yeah. I, I would like to talk about that a bit more. Sure. <sighs> I'm so sorry that you had so many conflicting feelings about this. It's okay. <laughs> the end of your I mean, game. listen, the fact that it left me with this many feelings is a good sign, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, gotta give it credit for that. Yeah. Well, I guess that means it's my turn. <laughs> uh, Let's go. Yeah. So, uh, back to chapter 17, Field of Revenge, we head to the Taleteam Plains. I do get my cemetery scene first. Um, I just something I wanted to note about your your choices for partner. Sothis is on there, and also no one is on there. Like you could choose no one. Oh yeah, which I think is a fun mm-hmm. choice. Which I think is 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 neat that they gave you that option. Um, to just like have everybody kind of do whatever, and you just remain mm-hmm. a teacher in like a, a an authoritative <laughs> position, which I kind of like. But I did also want to see the end of some people's stories, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we get like the pre-battle narration uh, of like, you know, the, the pieces moving around the, the map or whatever. We are moving up from Aryan Road. Another part of the Imperial Army is marching over from Fraldarius territory uh, mm-hmm. across the mountains and stuff. And the Knights of Seros and Dimitri meet us on the Taeltian Plains, uh, which I guess just leaves the rest of the army heading toward uh, Ferdiad. <laughs> Un- maybe not mm-hmm. unfettered, but not really fettered um and we get a little cutscene with Rhea and dimitri Rhea has a sick new outfit whoa it's not like edelgard monster levels of wild mm-hmm. but it's it's a cool outfit uh oh so Rhea has a sick new hat that's got some um yes that's saros <laughs> yeah she's <laughs> She's so she's Sarah. That's the thing. So I this is something that I suspected, but Mm -hmm. did not know. Yeah. So she's got this this sick Sarah's cosplay. She's got the the the, like uh, headband with the big dragon wings on it. Pretty on the nose, if you ask me. Uh, She's got some sick, I guess, lily uh, flowers like. They mm-hmm. are like look like they're poked into her ears, <laughs> just like poking through her hair. It's a sick <laughs> outfit. She's got some like really slight um, orange uh, like eyeshadow on, uh, like right underneath the sides of her eyes. It's, it's a it's a sick look. She looks great. So we get her pre battle scene. Um, she's just standing in the field. Uh, it's raining. She says, "Oddly, the rain has come to fall yet again. At this place, once again, I will fight to take you back. The one who keeps me from seeing you again, I will be sure to return them to the." earth from whence they came the foolish descendant of hresvelg who bears her fangs at me will suffer the same fate and then a church soldier comes up says lady rea and she says call me seros now i am no longer the archbishop but rather a warrior uh okay. and then the church soldier's like oh, yes lady seros blah blah and then just like says what they're gonna say it's like hey that's kind of a huge fucking yeah, thing nobody's isn't it he's like you're a saint actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wild. Uh, and then she basically says like, oh, the, the kingdom army is going to get there before us somehow. Uh, so be ready to like flank <laughs> how we've planned. Okay, cool. It's really, this cutscene is just like really telling me the whole ass strategy of like, <laughs> Hey, just be ready. Cause you're yeah. going to get ambushed at some point. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we cut to Dimitri and Didu on the field. Dimitri saying that he hoped that, that he was hoping that the empire would hit the church first. 
Uh, he said we must have miscalculated their rate of advance. I, I don't really know what that uh, I, I guess he thought the church was going to march faster. I don't know. This seems like this was kind of an, an, an avoidable situation. Uh, yeah. Poor communication, really. My Dimitri uh, looks the same as yours, but has both eyes. Um, right. The dude says, as long as I'm at your side, there's nothing to fear. Dimitri says, I can always rely on you. We will prevail. I will not fail to get revenge for all who have fallen. Uh, cool. Great. <laughs> um, and then Dadu says, I will follow you anywhere, your majesty. Good luck out there. Dimitri says, you as well, Dadu. You as well. Walks off. And it's just Dadu. And he says, your majesty, for you, I will. That's all he says. And then we cut to Edelgard, Hubert, and myself. Basically just recapping everything that Saros and Dimitri have said about their strategy. They just like fully understand like, oh, they must be like behind. So we got to be ready to get flanked and blah, 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 blah. And there's a pretty interesting conversation about Dimitri because we haven't mm-hmm. done a lot of talking about Dimitri, uh, believe it or not. Hubert says, I th- now that I think about it, the, the kingdom army is different than it once was. They have taken a position of interception. In the past, the king would have introduced himself before beginning a fair fight. Edelgard says, a fair fight. The words alone remind me of how he once was. Don't you agree? I say, Dimitri? And she says, yes, he often spoke of such things back at the monastery. Well, at present, uh, Hubert says, well, at present, the words fair fight do not seem to suit Dimitri anymore. He dislikes making victims of his friends. But other than that, he will do most anything these days. If he stops at nothing to continue the onslaught, I cannot imagine what will become of the battlefield. Uh, And then Edelgard ends it with saying, Dimitri, that past you cling to, I will soon free you from it. And then we go Oof. to the battle. Yeah. And that was like, we, we had seen Dimitri once before, I think, mm-hmm. in a in just like one of those side cut scenes. And he seemed fine. He seemed okay. I don't know. So he's he's not like, I mean, aside from the lack of eye patch, he's not yeah. like full boar king. He doesn't seem full boar king uh, until <laughs> the battle starts. And oh immediately says, ah, here you are, Edelgard, at your eternal resting place. You have trampled and stolen and blinded yourself to the truth. Today, I will have vengeance for all you have done. Yeah, so right. that seems pretty boring. <laughs> that seems pretty boring to me. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I like I've never encountered him in that way. So that would have been told. I would that would have totally caught me off guard if, if we had not wow. been talking. Just wild. That's so strange to me because it's like, in a way, I feel like it would make him a much clearer enemy you know like (laughs) for to have it be like yeah like he you know he doesn't want to put his friends in harm's way and you know he's basically the same guy right uh that he was back at the monastery yeah Yeah. it's Um, just weird he just needs a haircut it's so strange okay (laughs) his haircut is so bad it's so bad it's it's rough he i mean it, it isn't a haircut it's just yeah, exactly. I don't think he's he's seen the barber in five years. <laughs> so the people in this battle are Dimitri and Dadu, Sylvain and Mercedes. And uh, that's pretty much it. It's it's the, the battlefield is neat. There's like spots where you have to like walk across a little like river thing that like slightly slows mm. you down. I don't know. But it also like oh, cuts up the, the battlefield in a really interesting way. Like where most of my units started just across that little river was like some mages. So like you had to be careful walking near the coast because the mages could hit you. So I had to make sure that like it was like Bernadetta and like Lysithia and stuff over on that side and not like, you know, people who couldn't reach across the Yeah, it was pretty neat. So we do some fighting. Uh, Felix kills Sylvain, says. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Sylvain says, remember when we made that promise to die together? And Felix says, <laughs> Felix says, yeah, unfortunately, you're going to be the one that dies today. <laughs> 
And then what have you done? Sorry. And then crits on Sylvain for 69 <gasps> damage and he dies. Nice. Uh, nice. And if anyone deserves a crit 69, it's Sylvain. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So I do that a little bit. I um, send uh, Ferdinand up. He, I, I put him on a, a wyvern for these last few battles because uh, it's just so much more convenient than having a horse. Yeah. And he uh, defeats Mercedes. Sorry, Mercedes. You were sweet. Oh, totally. I, I, I misordered these a little bit um, before I killed Sylvain. Uh, there's a mage and another guy over with Sylvain in his little area. And uh, literally their first turn, one of the soldiers over by Sylvain says glory to the flag of the knights. Good fortune to his majesty, fortune to Fargus. And then he like has this blood curdling scream and transforms into a demonic beast. Um, what? Yeah. So it turns out that Dudu went and stole some crest stones. Oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> that happened. <laughs> and Dimitri's like, hey, what the fuck? And Dudu says, uh, uh, if we lose here, the kingdom falls. It's our only hope. Dimitri says, you call this hope? Well, we must now claim victory so their deaths were not in vain. Uh, Dudu says, yes, your majesty, I am with you. Wild. Uh, well, yeah, you're making a face. That makes that pisses me off so much that it had to be him specifically. <sighs> yeah, just... I I kind of agree. Uh, I had a, I have a lot of feelings about it, but I really don't know where I end up on it, because like in my version of the world, everything is Empire now except Ferdiad. So like it's an extremely last resort thing. And like, I can kind of get it if his whole thing is to protect Dimitri. He wants to like at all costs try to do it. I don't think I like it. I don't think I like it, but I, I kind of get where the game is coming from. I don't I I don't know. It might just yeah. be, you know, me being biased for sure. one of my faves. But it's like going behind Dimitri's back, like the way that mm. Hubert does for Edelgard yeah. just does not seem consistent with Dedu's characterization. And on top of that, it's like with all of the bullshit that they do with this character. Yeah. For him to be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, turn us all into beasts. Yeah. Is I like, I mean, there's, there's something to be, there's a greater conversation to be had about like the way that this game utilizes literal dehumanization mm. as a way to like, create an enemy like mm. they did it in my run with Edelgard they did it in your run with Rhea and now with with the kingdom soldiers and with Dudu like the fact that they throw Dudu under the bus yeah in a game where like Dimitri is shown to be you know such a you know so hell-bent on revenge mm -hmm. I just don't understand it doesn't make sense to me that in your run Dimitri isn't the same guy I mean I guess he doesn't go through the same like you know, almost being executed and living on the run for five years. Right. So maybe that's why. But like, <sighs> I don't know. The themes that I had in my head of what this game was trying to say are kind of undone a little bit <laughs> by that. Whatever. Yeah. So that's a thing that <sighs> happens. It was wild for sure. It made Great me, disservice to that character. I, I fully always. agree. I fully agree. I'm just I, I I don't know. I'm so torn about it, I think, in, in some ways, because like it really for Dudu to be the one to like go behind Dimitri's back and stuff like shit's gotta be really bad, you know? And I, guess, yeah. I, I just don't know. I, 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 I haven't fully figured out where I land on it yet, 
But that's kind mm-hmm. of my thinking is like stuff has to be so fucking bad for Dudu to be the one to like mm-hmm. betray, you know, what, uh, I don't know. But right. I do I do. I don't like that it's to do and I don't think it serves his character really well at all. No. Anyway, um, uh, so that happens and then we fight some more. And then Rhea shows up with some uh, Saros reinforcements and one big like doll thing, you know, like one of the big, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, f- f- whatever. It, it, it It's similar to the ones that I fought in my chapter 13 mm-hmm. that were protecting the castle. Yeah. Not, not like so much. Or- yeah, like a golem, right? Not so much the ones that Cornelia had. But it's the same deal. Like they have the, you know, they're the monster mm-hmm. blocks and stuff. So at this point, my Byleth was all the way on the west side of the map. And Rhea had spawned all the way on the east side of the map. So oh, I, had to, <laughs> I had to strategically line up uh, Linhart, Lysithia, and Dorothea so that I could warp Byleth to Lysithia, warp Byleth <laughs> to Dorothea, and then give Byleth an extra turn to run to Rhea. Very good. It was it was really a masterstroke on my part, if I'm being honest. But proud of you. <laughs> it was also just so much. Um, it also helps that fucking Lysithia's range on her warp is like 20 blocks. It's so fucking nice. big. Like literally from one side of the map to the other side of the map. Um oh my God. wild. So I go to fight Rhea. Uh, and I guess, sorry, I should, I guess I should stop calling her Rhea, uh, because she has fully revealed herself as Saros. Put some respect on her name. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, attack her. She says, I once walked this world as Saros, the warrior and defeated the fell King nemesis. Now here I stand facing one who wields the same sword as he, the fate you have chosen is also the same as his to die in torment upon my sword as the very lifeblood you have forsaken spills onto the earth. And then I defeat her. And cool. <laughs> uh, she says, how can this be? I lost to a thief. Unacceptable. And then she starts like, she's like becoming unraveled throughout that statement. And mm-hmm. one of the knights says, watch out, Lady Rhea, please retreat. And she like screams and then leaves. And all the knights retreat except for the the, the golem, which was great. Just like f- five less people for me to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh Dimitri says the church has fallen back but we have no such luxury everyone fight for your lives victory to Fargus so then we keep fighting and as we approach Dudu once he gets in or once someone gets in range of Dudu he says it is time your majesty I will avenge your father you are the one true king Dimitri and then he growls and transforms into a huge motherfucker. Cool looking beast. But man, that that stinks. I hate it a lot. Big bummer. Big, big. Why did do? Yeah. Why didn't they just make, like in mine? It's just Edelgard. It's not Hubert, you know? Yeah. yeah. Bizarre. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Uh, apparently now I'm looking at the wiki. You could I could have defeated him before he transformed. I don't know how I would have done that. It was it seemed as soon as I got somebody in range of him, he he changed. Yeah. Um, Weird. Whatever. Yeah. Dimitri is taken aback by that. Then, you know, we kill Dedu as a as a big demon. It was wild. It was like it was like he he was a brawler, but he was just like four times as big. <laughs> Um, wow. and also had like the demon skin and stuff, but it was, it was nuts. It looked, it looked wild. Um, uh, but also kind of, kind of fucked that, you know? Oh, dang. Yeah. He, he big. <laughs> yeah. Massacred my boy. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So then I, similar to you, I positioned all of my people around Dimitri and then kind of, we just took turns hitting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I count myself lucky that I got all three 
of his unique dialogues for for fighting him. Oh. Or I guess I didn't. I I got the I got the Byleth one, the Edelgard one, and the Felix one because dude can dodge. Um, yeah. Uh, Edelgard missed both times with her with Amar, her big cool axe. It was so fucking sick though. Like just the the battle animations that they were doing, they were both like flipping out of the way of each other's stuff, and it was just it looked oh, that's it neat. looked choreographed. Like it looked like a cutscene. It was so sick. When you fight him with Byleth, he just says, why did you choose Edelgard? Why did you choose to walk this savage bloody path? I cannot shake this feeling of regret, dot, 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 regret that I must kill you now. <laughs> mm. uh, fighting Felix says, you killed Rodrigue, your own father. Felix says, I'd said I'd cut down anyone who stood in my way, even my father, even my friends. Dimitri says, I see. That was all I needed to hear to finally work up the resolve to kill you. Uh, and then Edelgard, Demetri says, must you continue to conquer, continue to kill? She says, must you continue to reconquer, continue to kill in retaliation? I will not stop. There is nothing I would not sacrifice to cut a path to Fodlin's new dawn. He says, enough of this madness. The future of yours is built on a foundation of corpses and tears. Uh, I had to, I finally took him out with a mace because I had a better hit rate than mm -hmm. my cool relic weapon, whatever. Um, <laughs> He's uh, and then, oh, my God, the voice acting in this part is incredible because uh, he says, no, not yet. I can't die just yet. But it like sounds like he is fighting death. <laughs> like it sounds oh like he God. is really fighting just to say that sentence. Um, so it's mm -hmm. like it's really, really, really good. And yeah. And then and then he dies and we get a cut scene. Um, and it's not really a cut scene so much as it is just an image. I can't believe you got uh, deprived of yet another cutscene. Yeah, I know. I got a single one at the end. So I uh, defeat Dimitri and I get this image. It's a pretty sick, sick thing. Yeah, uh, that's a cool. Edelgard is just standing there like ready to swing the the axe. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri says, Edelgard, you, I will kill you. You will know the regret of my father who was killed for you, of my stepmother who was slain by her own daughter. You will bow your head before all the lives you trampled for your ideals before you die in misery. Edelgard says, your, dis your obsession with me is appalling. If you, were, <laughs> if you were a normal human, you would most certainly have died already. Farewell, king of delusion. If only we were born in a time of peace you might have lived a joyful life as a benevolent ruler. The scene fades to black and we get one last not line from Dimitri to the fires of eternity with you L wow. and then, and then we hear like a sound mm -hmm. brutal, <laughs> fucking brutal. Yeah. Really, really, really nuts. Um, How do you feel about that? I, about what? Just like that, that ending. <laughs> yeah. Just like the way it went down. Yeah, it seemed like there's a lot of personal beef built up there. Yeah. Uh, that I wasn't privy to. He's kinda. just so much more sympathetic, I feel like, than he even is in mm. my run. Mm. Like from the Black Eagles perspective, obviously I see his redemption arc. But from, like from my my perspective as a Byleth who never got any scenes with Dimitri, like uh, or any scenes post time skip with Dimitri, like I I don't know. I'm just kind of going off everybody's word that he really did some fucked up shit. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of what this whole route is about is like trust and just like kind of trusting that what you are doing is right. And the people you are around, you know, trust in you as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I, I, it was definitely sad. I didn't feel good doing it. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel like in mine, I at least get the feeling of like, 
well, she did turn into like a monster, mm-hmm. which is not great. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't feel as conflicted about this. Yeah, there's definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely isn't as cut and dry for Dimitri. Yeah. Like, like in my mind, like killing Dimitri is just so that we can get closer to Rhea and stopping Rhea. Like mm. if we didn't have to, I would have liked to not. But mm-hmm. from what everybody would what had been telling me in the monastery scene before this, like he's not going to stop like he's gonna he is going to fight until he dies um so it's kind of just like a well this is kind of a it has to be done kind of thing you know um so it's it was rough for sure Mm -hmm. but they really tried i feel like to to make him seem like this like vengeance vengeance hungry fella and i didn't i didn't really get the vibe i don't know it kind of felt forced (laughs) yeah i got that like in mine i feel like it's so much clearer how close he comes to being like truly irredeemable. Yeah. Well, it's just like so interesting that like he basically was just holed up in Ferdiad this entire time. Like, yeah, there was never any retaliatory attacks. There was never any like, you know, uh, assassins sent to try and murder any. Like there was no indication that Dimitri even gave a shit, you know, mm-hmm. like it, I, there was just nothing. And they're like, oh, he's this vengeful ruler. Like we can't blah, blah, blah. And it's like, OK, I've yeah. been with you for three months or five months, whatever. And there hasn't <laughs> been a single a single counterattack. Like, right. <sighs> I just don't know. Just just interesting. It, it really did. Now that I'm thinking about it, it really felt like it, from from my perspective as the Black Eagle Strike Force, we were kind of just like fucking going ham on the countryside and nobody stood in our way. Like the, mm-hmm. the resistance we fought was from people who were at the places we were trying to conquer. <laughs> like we were never set upon, you know, like nobody ever came. Right. To, nobody ever came to us whenever nobody well, ever, yeah. like, tried to take back Empire territory. Like all of that stuff, I feel like kind of got hand waved. It was like, yeah, you're doing these these battles because they're important. And also any other battles that are happening between like places trying to get taken back and stuff are just like the rest of the army. It's like, OK, well, I suppose so. I, I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's so strange that it's like you guys are leading a revolution. It's like, no, you're leading an invasion. <laughs> you're kind of <laughs> steamrolling. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I guess, you know, the game likes to go out of its way to make it morally gray. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I just. I, um, yeah. Ah. And it would be too easy, I I guess, to um to present him as eyepatch Dimitri. <laughs> I guess. But also they they presented to do as eyepatch Dimitri, I think. Yeah. Like, I think Why they, they could have. Under the bus? They could have done something to that effect with Dimitri instead of yeah. having him do what every other boss has done throughout this game and just stand in one spot until I go and hit him a bunch. Like mm-hmm. he didn't do anything yeah. in this battle. I mean, just... not to preview too much, like my, my thoughts about the the themes, but like my, like my whole thinking was like, Dimitri is redeemed because, because Byleth is there. Otherwise yeah. he would have been lost. You know, because I chose black eagles like mm-hmm. but apparently or I'm sorry, because I chose blue lions, mm-hmm. but apparently because I chose blue lions, that's how he ended up that way in the first place. He would have been fine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he would have just been a king doing his thing and defending against, uh, you know, the empire. I, sure. It's just it's so strange to me because, that the, you know, what I thought the game was trying to say is. Look at how Byleth's choices right. have the power to influence this. Because like we talked about 
at some point, like, are these different timelines? Is it mm-hmm. just like the same stuff happening, but you know, you're seeing it from a different perspective. Obviously it is clearly different timelines. Like yeah. that, that much is, is clear to me. And you know, the point where the timeline splits, I guess is, is the point where you as the player decide which route you're going to take. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it almost, I don't know. I feel like it would have been much more interesting if what you see happen in these other routes is that Dimitri just completely loses himself and never is redeemed right. because he didn't have Byleth to support him. Right. It's interesting to me that, that that's not the case, but whatever. I don't want to <laughs> delay us any further with. No, no, I think um, it's all valid stuff to bring up it's byleth is the defining factor in these kids lives and in the the fate of the world it seems yeah uh in a pretty big way um Mm -hmm. but i i I don't know i think at a certain point you can tie that back to raya right or saros whatever because like in in my version raya joins with dimitri in your version she disappears and is captured Mm -hmm. you know i i don't know I really don't know what I was trying to say there, but that's also something that's different. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's see it, in your version. It sort of makes sense because it's like he has support. It's not like he spends, you know, five years in exile the way he does in mine. Right. He's, you know, still surrounded by his friends and by grounding forces. Yeah. Um, that that keep him, um, you know, on, I guess, the right path. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Anyway. But it's so interesting, too, is like when I start my run or when I start my my post time skip run like it's basically at a stalemate the empire has expanded a little bit but for the most part it's still the exact same fodlin as it was five years ago mm-hmm. and like byleth is the dis- the the deciding factor on like interesting everything <laughs> like yeah they're like oh now that you're here we can finally do every like I, I, it's just i don't know but anyway after all that we get a, a byleth hubert edelgard scene um just talking about raya Edelgard says she'll definitely be devising tactics. It seems like she retreated back to Ferdiad. And then Edelgard says something pretty interesting that this, I think, is I'm getting into territory of like starting to answer some of the questions that you had that Mm -hmm. were totally left unanswered. She says, for all the lives lost in battle uh, by your allies and foes alike and for Dimitri as well. Uh, She's talking about taking back Fodlin. I said for Dimitri, she says, yes, the thirst for revenge that imprisoned him was the result of my uncle's strategy. He believed that I was the cause of everything and he lost sight of his path as king. There was nothing I could do to save him. And so the very least I could do was. And then she stops talking. I say, are you crying? She says, no, the Edelgard who shed tears died many years ago. Everything that's happened. It's all just part of the ebb and flow of history. The tragedy of Dusker, our days at the Academy, father's death and the five years you were gone. After all of that, at long last, we're here at this point in time. I hope you'll stay by my side until the very end. It's it's time for humanity to take this world back. So basically, the the those who slither in the dark arranged everything, all of it, they manipulated every single thing mm-hmm. to get to this point, I suppose. In service of Edelgard? I think Edelgard is doing what they want her or the, what they wanted her to do. But, f- but for her own for reasons. own reasons. Right. Yeah. They wanted her to be an emperor with two crests who can annihilate the world. And she wants to you know, be the emperor with two crests that abolishes crests and nobility and stuff. Um, but she's still doing the. It's the same mm-hmm. means to different ends. Uh, right. I think, okay. which is which is really kind of like we get a scene with Arendelle actually next, I believe, uh, the beginning mm-hmm. of chapter 18 to the end of a dream where Arendelle is there with Edelgard and myself and just like 
they basically kind of have like a verbal sparring match. They go back and forth a little bit and they're basically just like Lord Arundel's like, well, you know, I mean, we're still with you, but I'm not going to fight alongside you in this battle. Like we will merely observe. We will not inf- interfere. And Edelgard's like, okay, great. I don't want you to do that. <laughs> I don't want you to interfere. I don't want to like have to deal with you right now. Yeah. I have other things to think about. And he's like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, it's <laughs> like, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess that's a, uh, that's how we, uh, come to terms with that and then we get ready for the battle edelgard asks to speak with me uh about the truth of the power that i wield yeah uh oh my gosh <laughs> uh she basically tells me that i share a bloodline with Rhea, uh and that she was worried that i was going to choose Rhea five years ago and she's still kind of worried that maybe siding with edelgard wasn't the path that i was meant to take um mm. just by virtue of like you know everything that Rhea has done f- to me not for me uh as a baby yeah. which we will find out more of don't worry uh, <gasps> okay. not a whole lot that it's still like yeah. hey what but also it listens better than what i got yeah. let's go <laughs> um and then she and we end that conversation with uh edelgard saying after Rhea is gone from this world i don't know what will become of you uh and then she tells me that i'm special to her and blah blah blah, blah. um mm-hmm. so yeah uh then we head to ferdiad and it's time for the final battle. We're outside of Ferdiad, and basically Edelgard gives them the chance to surrender. She like stands outside the gates and is like, this is your last chance to surrender and blah, 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 blah. She okay. basically says like, I, I'm, I'm giving them a chance to surrender. I know they're not going to, but I'm at least announcing our presence to give the people in the city mm-hmm. a chance to leave because I know that the church won't evacuate the city like I evacuated Garrig Mach before we uh, attacked. And she's right. <laughs> The, the church oh will God. not evacuate the city uh, because we cut to Rhea and Kathleen or Catherine and uh, Cyril inside the city walls. Catherine's like, oh, she's yelling if you want to surrender. But like, you know, uh, blah, 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 blah. And Rhea's just like, no, or sorry, Saros. It's Saros now. We're not surrendering. We, we're we not going to lose. And then Catherine's like, OK, yeah, cool. I, I, I get that. I like stand by you. I pledge my fealty to you no matter what, blah, blah, blah. And then Saros is like, set the city on fire, Catherine set the fucking city on fire. And Catherine is Jesus. like, it, t- it took till this point for Catherine to finally have a conflict of faith where she's like, Oh my God, are you sure you want to set it on fire? And Rhea's like, or Sarah's is like, yes, we're setting the fucking city on fire. They are going to burn down with the city and blah, blah, blah. Like Jesus Christ. And then, uh, Good Lord. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> ah, man it's it's wild and then okay she, so that one is not morally gray very no. clearly a villain yes yeah, yeah, she does <laughs> like, that and then turns into the big dragon so she is the immaculate one for this whole battle she's a three by three monster you're thinking no i'm just i'm like is that why i don't get a cutscene? is she is she's is she bad is that the whole thing is she bad she is bad i think she really is bad i i, I from my perspective but but yes. like <laughs> Are Sedith and Flane bad? I don't know. I uh, I, I think on. at a certain point, it's like they're not human, so they can't really have human interest at their uh, like best interest at their heart, I guess. I think that's the kind of the point that Edelgard's trying to we're trying to bring home here. Thematically, Once I'm not sure. Again, sh- dehumanization in order to. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that the ones in this in this specific case, the ones being dehumanized are the ones in power mm-hmm. like Rhea. And I, we don't see other ever Sateth and Flane that like are saints or ever turn into dragons or yeah. anything. But yeah, you know, they are the ones that are actually at quote unquote actually in power um, and they are monsters. Yeah. So she turns the dragon roars. We all hear it outside the gate and we say we just have to like 
make it to the Immaculate One and kill her. And then we will witness the birth of a new world. <laughs> we all go around the table uh, doing our roll call of like, I don't want to die. So I'm going to fight good. <laughs> like, it's really God. just nothing. Right. Nobody really says anything of. of yeah. Significance. <laughs> yeah, I think I had one of those. I didn't even mention it because yeah. it was so. And then. Edelgard says, Imperial Army, Black Eagle Strike Force, move out. Mm. <laughs> like really making sure that we don't fucking forget that we're the Black Eagle fucking Strike mm-hmm. Force. So then we're inside the city of Ferdiad. It is a pretty big map and it wasn't hard, but there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Just like in terms of like the city is is on fire. So like a lot of the map is not walk onable uh without taking mm-hmm. damage so and, and then there are six of those fucking huge doll things just all around the map uh who else is there ash catherine annette yeah. gilbert and cyril are all there okay so that <laughs> happens uh and then you know it's it's just a fight nothing happens during this fight there's no like ambushes or anything mm-hmm. it's just a big fight uh, but every raya does Again, just like camped out in the back of the thing, just like waiting. But she roars. And every time she roars, the uh, dolls get stronger, uh, which is not fun. No. I did. I did manage to do the whole battle by only taking out like the three, I guess four. I'm looking at the map uh, like on the right half of the map and then kind of like skirting everybody in that way. Mm-hmm. Um so there was actually a lot of avoiding. I did. There were a lot of units on the field at the end of the battle, which okay. I felt. Like I strategized pretty well. That made me feel good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Sounds like it. Yeah. And then, I mean, similar to fighting monster Edelgard, like everybody was doing like eight damage, nine damage, 11 damage. It was rough. It was really rough. Uh, her final stage had 146 health. And that was her final health bar wow. out of four. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. She kept fucking her, her area, like her breath attack or whatever was like, seven by three it was huge the area was insane uh, just just a wild a wild thing of just like slowly picking away at her health god that sounds way harder yeah i i it, it really wasn't it really wasn't it was just there was just a lot happening and and i i had to manage like healing and like getting out of the area mm-hmm. pretty pretty well but my the strategy i came up with was to have everybody attack one of her like monster blocks to like crack that and then just mm-hmm. attack that one monster block <laughs> Because once she yeah. got rid of like her defense, it was like pretty good. And it, she, you know, she had yeah. nine, she had nine things. So there was no way I was going to break them all, which I wonder what you would have gotten if you did. I hope it wouldn't be just like ore or something. That'd be dumb as hell. I, it's gotta... I mean, yeah, I'm not sure that it does it matter because like. Well, yeah, that's the thing, too. I, I don't know what I'm going to. I think I'm going to do my golden deer on new game plus and stuff. I don't know if you get yeah. any of the like what your item situation is for new game plus. Like, do you keep your items and whatnot or? I don't know. I didn't actually check Mm. um, because I've only done like the mock battle. Yeah. Um, And I guess even if you kept like the your your, like plus weapons and stuff, they still can't use them because they're not appropriate level for it. So, yeah, uh, I kill everybody (laughs) and and they die uh, because I killed them. Um, Oh, I fucking I kill Catherine and then I gave uh, Felix Thunderbrand. which nice which doubles the amount of times you can attack so felix was walked up to to sarah's or the immaculate one at this point and sliced her like four times i think critted two of them he fucking really really went at it he's yeah he's a monster in a good way it was sick um sorry this is your chapter 18 right my chapter 18 yeah okay why 
I just thought your chapter 18 was going to be different than this. Me too. Me as well. Um, so then I had obviously uh, Edelgard get the final hit in. Uh, it was sick. I, I used her her like the special. Oh, God. What are those? The secondary attacks called like the ones that you can cycle through with the uh, triggers. Combat arts. Yes. The combat arts. Thank you. Uh, I used the special combat art that she got with her axe for like the first time ever. Uh, and it was like just enough damage and it was sick. Uh, it looked awesome. Um, and then I get a real cutscene. Finally. Yay! Finally a real cutscene. Yeah. Uh, oh, I do just want to say when I attacked the Immaculate One with Byleth, uh, she said, give her back. Give back my mother. Uh, yeah. So, so this is her mother. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a fucking sick cutscene. Rhea is just a full ass dragon. I'm standing there with the sword of the creator. Edelgard is there with our aimer armor, whatever her axe thing is. Mm -hmm. And it starts with the immaculate one saying, give it back. And then Edelgard says, when humanity stands strong and people reach out for each other, there's no need for gods. Rhea, your reign of terror is over. Uh, and then she like charges up one last like laser breath attack thing. And then uh, we we split and then jump off the ground simultaneously. <laughs> and then we like zoom out and it's, you know, Rhea, huge ass dragon, like on her back legs, neck fully extended. We are at her neck, like 50 feet in the air. <laughs> oh, my God. We somehow jumped 50 feet and then we each hit her neck from from one side uh, with, oh my God. with the axe and the sword. It's fucking sick. And she falls to the ground and there's a puddle of green blood uh, coming out of her head. Edelgard says, is it over? And then we pass out immediately. <laughs> okay. And this is still, this is all still cutscene. scene. Uh -huh. Edelgard picks Byla's body up, puts her head to his chest. There is no heartbeat because there has never been a heartbeat. <gasps> right. And we see the sword of the creator fall to the ground. Byleth has died and then it's that for a little bit and uh edelgard is crying and then we zoom into byleth's chest there is a, a heart an anatomical heart with this like stone on it uh that has the <gasps> crest of flames inscribed into it that's where the stone was and then the stone disintegrates and the heart beats and the heart starts to oh beat my God. we zoom back out byleth's hair turns blue again Oh, he takes a breath in Edelgard embraces him. And then we see Byleth's eyes open. They are the regular color that they used to be. Uh, and then we zoom in to Byleth's eye. And that's the end of the scene. That <laughs> is a satisfying ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, you learned something. It was emotional. It was. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not that mine wasn't emotional, but it was way more low key. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. Uh, so that was that was sick. Uh, so I loved it. It was the great stone in into Byla's heart. Yeah. So you said the stone. What are you what are you talking about? The stone? Because remember the the um, holy relics all have crest stones in them. But oh. the one for the soda, sword of the creator was always missing. Right, 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 right. Oh. That's where it was. Damn. OK, yeah. Why did she do that? Yeah. So, so my hypothesis is Sothis is her mother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she needed a vessel to come back to life. Oh, because somehow she had died some somehow, uh -huh. some way. That's why Southus is a child is because oh. she was being reborn. Yeah. Uh, 
into Byleth. And she thought when Byleth and Sothis merged and like went to the holy tomb that Byleth would become Sothis. Right. That was why she got started getting so weird and like affectionate is because she thought it was her mother. Fuck. Yeah. Which I guess. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. Which which also makes why she like totally fucking loses it when I (laughs) choose to go with Edelgard instead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm so curious about. Because that, that's that's why I was like, she's just like evil because like there's a church run. So like right. there I don't it's hard for me to believe that like this race of dragons is actually evil. Yeah, I don't think they're like outright evil. I don't think they're like those who live in the dark evil, like clearly evil. Right. They are. Which, by the way, I thought that's who you were going to defeat. At the, we can talk about that next. Sorry. Me too. Literally, when <laughs> when Arendelle was like, yeah, we'll stay out of your way. We're not going to get involved in this fight. I was like, OK, like we're not going to get involved in this fight. Mm-hmm. And then we arrived at Ferdiad and we started fighting and I was like, oh, are they they're actually not going to. (laughs) Okay. yeah. Uh, Did you read your ending narration? I forget. Yeah, I did. Okay. yeah. So uh, my Uh, ending, not like the epilogue stuff. Yeah, not the epilogue, but just like the the final um, Mm -hmm. the final like painted scene that we get. Right. Um, Mine is so funny because it's it's Edelgard, obviously, uh, in her armor. Mm -hmm. And then behind her is Hubert. And he's just like. He looks like a fucking ghoul just like sneaking out from behind yeah. Edelgard. Well. <laughs> but because basically the ending narration is uh, a rising flame was a light as the flow of time carved a new history for Fodlin with the fall of Ferdiad, the holy kingdom of Fargus and the church of Seros both vanished into the people's memories. Fodlin was finally one unified nation under the rule of Emperor Edelgard in the Adrestian Empire. Embracing her newfound power, Edelgard could at last set about destroying Fodlin's entrenched system of nobility and rebuild a world free from the tyranny of crests and status. Yet beneath the surface, an unseen and silent struggle began to take shape. From her seat of power, Edelgard could at last wage war on those who slither in the dark. We didn't even get to see that? No. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that they were like the big bad. Me too. I think they are, (laughs) but we don't get to see it. So maybe in another run we do, I guess. I don't know. We have to. There has to be at least one fucking route. I... AJ, I don't think that that is a given. I at at I this point, fair. I am no longer <laughs> convinced that that is a yeah. given. Anything could happen, yeah. you know, uh, in terms of what we learn or don't. Part of me feels like my my first instinct is like the Blue Lions. There's a clear villain, like or the you know it's the Empire. The Empire. There's a clear villain. It's the Kingdom. Uh, the Church Route. There's a clear villain. It's the, it's Edelgard. But for the Golden Deer. I don't know if there's a clear villain, so maybe it is those who slither I in the guess. dark. But I, I have I, to say though, do you? I, I'm surprised to hear you say that you think that the clear villain of of your route is the kingdom. Sorry, I meant to say the it church. Seems like really the church is the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to say church. That was my. Yeah. Bad. Okay. Um. Gosh, I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, like it'll I, be interesting. I could, uh, unless Byleth being in Claude's like vicinity changes Claude's attitude. Like mm-hmm. the Lester Alliance's whole thing is that they don't want to like really go one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. so I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know. Um, God. yeah. So that's, that's the end of my game. Damn. Okay. So, Now it's time for the moment everyone's been waiting for. 
the epilogues. Uh, yeah. For those of you who don't know how it works, every single person in your house gets an epilogue. And then whoever uh, you choose at the cemetery, whoever you uh, that's who you give the ring to. And then you get a, a special S support scene. Uh, but everything else is just uh, like a text box. So we're going to go through them. Kim is going to go first, um, but we're going to go through all of our other house members, all mm-hmm. their like text blocks. And then and then we are going to finally end on which one we ended up with <laughs> ours. Yeah. Um, you had a question before we started recording. And then don't let me forget, I have a question I want to ask before we go in. So yeah. um, actually, I think I want to ask mine after we go okay. through everything. Okay. So my question was, do we want to have the opportunity right now to change our guesses? Because <gasps> I think I remember <laughs> what you told me. <laughs> I had a brain um, blast while I was uh, eating my, we took a break and I ate some soup yeah. and I had some, uh, <laughs> I had a, a moment of clarity, which is uh, yes. as, as soup is wont to do. Uh, it, it gave me a brain blast. So. Yeah, if you would like to, if you'd like to, to, I'm going to stick with Felix, but if you want to okay. change your, your choice. I think, I think you went with Lysithia because you wanted to save her life. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so the first pairing, mm-hmm. we have Bernadetta, the eternal loner and Raphael, the beast of yeah! Lester. When Bernadetta first inherited control of House Varley, she hid away and would not dare involve herself in political or administrative affairs. During this time, it was Raphael who came to her aid, encouraging her to work through her fear of people. The training period was difficult, humiliating, (laughs) according to some journals Bernadetta left behind. But in the end, it had its desired effect. The leader of House Varley became an out and authoritative individual taking part in public policy. She even took on a very muscular husband. Yeah. So good. I love them together. Uh, Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, that was one that that worked out well. Uh, Next, we have Sedith, ally of the Archbishop and Flane, slumbering princess. (laughs) What? I don't know. Okay. And again, I don't know. This one is very, very strange. Um, while Flay okay. disappeared soon after the war, Sedith stayed at the monastery and worked to restore the authority of the Church of Saros. Doing away with his old strictness, he adopted a tolerant stance toward all and encouraged his followers to do the same. When he was satisfied that the message was received, he vanished from the monastery. Several <laughs> centuries later, a man and woman in ancient attire emerged to a Fodlin that had drastically changed. I'm getting chills. Wow. When she added, when she asked the man beside her, sorry, the text is so small and I am so old. Um, <laughs> when she asked the man beside her if it would be all right in this new era to call him father, he said that perhaps it would be better to remain on the safe side. Fuck. <laughs> wow. Next, we have Annette, the bloomed overachiever, and <laughs> Gilbert, veteran patriot. Wow. Gustav discarded the name of Gilbert and reaffirmed his oath of fealty to King Dimitri and the royal family. After returning to Ferdiad, he reunited with his wife, who had returned to live with Baron Dominic, that's uh, Annette's uncle, and his beloved daughter, Annette, who had been teaching at the capital's school of sorcery. Though it was initially an awkward reunion, over time the family rekindled their love for one another. As the shadow of war receded from the kingdom, the three spent their days happily making up for lost time. Mm. 
That's sweet. That's sweet. I'm glad Gilbert uh, stuck with his word. Yeah. So next we have Ingrid, the stalwart knight, and nobody. <gasps> Ingrid declined. Really? Yes. I, I failed to set her up with Ash. I don't know what I did wrong. Um, <laughs> Ingrid declined to rule House Galatea, choosing instead to serve House Blathed as a knight. After achieving widespread renown, she formed an elite order of Pegasus knights who served as personal bodyguards to the nobility. She never took a husband. If she wasn't going to end up with Ash, I really like this ending for her. I think it's yeah. I think it's good. Her night dreams, you know? Yeah. Next we have Ash, the arrow of justice, and Mercedes, benevolent soul. Wow. After the war, Ash was formally knighted and appointed the new head of House Gaspard, which had no successors. The young and inexperienced lord faced a great deal of difficulty in governing. Though he was famously tenacious and never lost heart, it was perhaps only due to the constant counsel of his wife, Mercedes, that he managed to overcome all obstacles. When not busy governing their territory, the couple lifted one another's spirits by baking delicious sweets for each other. The tradition was so heartwarming that it became popular for husbands and wives in the region to do the same for generations. Isn't that cute? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I, that was an unexpected pairing for me. So um, I tried to pair Mercedes up, like I said, with with Dimitri, mm. in part because I knew that Ash's support level with, with Mercy was so high that he would pick her over Ingrid. Um, Got it. But for some reason, uh, Dimitri did not pick Mercedes, and I don't know why. But anyway, <laughs> next we have uh, Sylvain, the sincerest of knights. And Felix, the shield's successor. <gasps> what? After the war, oh Felix. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I was gunning for this one for a long time to put the two of them together. Okay. After the war, Felix and Sylvain inherited their respective titles of Duke Fraldarius and Margrave Gautier and set to work restoring the kingdom. Each led a busy life, but that only seemed to enhance their friendship over the years. Friendship. Yeah, Each yeah. became known for making surprise visits to the estates of the other. You know, as friends, mm -hmm. <laughs> in order to deliver the latest taunting in a friendly but <laughs> relentless game of one-upmanship. Yeah, okay. It is said that in their later years, as friends, they became mm -hmm. so close that they passed away on the same day, as if conceding that one could not live without the other. Y'all, just say they were in love. I know. What the fuck? I, Video game? Yeah. I... <laughs> I don't know why. Like, it's so obvious <laughs> to me that, like, this is not. Yeah. This is not just a friendship. But OK, whatever. Yeah. They didn't even, like, try to write it as a friendship. It's so clearly yeah. not. Just say they're in love. Um, and finally, we have the savior king, Dimitri. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. After his coronation, Dimitri spent his life reforming and ruling justly over Fodlin. He focused particularly on improving living situations for orphans and improving foreign relations. He was known for listening intently to the voices of all and for instituting a new form of government in which the people were free to be active participants. He lived for his people and alongside them and was thusly dubbed the Savior King. Wow. Wow. And, uh... I guess before I read the uh, <laughs> the epilogue, I should <laughs> talk about um, my engagement. Uh huh. Congratulations. Thank you. So um, I'm at the Goddess Tower, uh, and so is Dudu. Yeah. Uh, he says, "I finally found you. It's a fine night. The stars seem closer than usual. 
He says just like last time. <laughs> but I didn't <laughs> see him at the goddess tower last time. But, Zuck. but we did just recently release that episode. And I had forgotten that at the end I was like, I want to make to do my war child of the week for the support scene that I didn't get or the, right. the goddess tower scene I didn't get with him. So right. I this to me feels like I divine pulsed. And there was a last time and we did have that yeah. beautiful moment in the stars and he gave me his coat. Um, yeah. So yeah. I thought that was nice. Uh, so Byleth asks, what are you doing here? He says, I needed to speak with you. When I left the Capitol, I told his majesty that I'd be leaving his service. I'm so <gasps> yeah. excited. He accepted my decision with a smile. I don't think I fully accepted it myself, to be honest. It was all so that I could give you this. And he gives me a ring. Oh, yeah. At first, I wrote, how did he get my mom's ring? But I realized I watched some other I watched some other scenes to see, like, how it would have gone down if I had picked other people. Yeah. And there's one I forget if it was Raphael or Ash. But when you like they give you a ring and then you're like, oh, I have a ring for you, actually. And so it's like it's not the same ring, I guess. Um, OK, OK. Anyway, says I've come to ask for your hand in marriage. I adore you. And he he's blushing. Oh, my um, God. He says, I understand that as Archbishop, you can't take marriage lightly, but even in the face of rejection, I can't leave these words unspoken. Um, and I tell him I accept. He says, I'm not good with words. Would you really have me as uninteresting as I am? <laughs> Don't put yourself down to do. I say, I would have you just as you are. Um, he laughs and Byleth is surprised. And he says, is it so odd to see me laugh? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I tell him he has a wonderful smile. And he says, I have one more request. I know it's sudden, but will you prepare for a journey? I told you once before that I would show you the fields of Dusker and Bloom. Um, and I, I say, hell yeah, I'm excited. Um, he says he's excited to see the flowers too and to be by your side in all the days to come. Yes, it is a fine night indeed. Oh, that's so sweet. Yay! Yay! Uh, so our epilogue, Byleth, guardian of order and Dudu, taciturn devotee. <laughs> A year after Byleth was appointed to succeed Rhea as the new archbishop, she announced her marriage to Dudu, who had resigned his position as the king's vassal. Their wedding ceremony, brightly colored with all of the most beautiful flowers from Dusker, set the tone for their happy life together. Dudu mm. served as an intermediary between Fargus and the church, and alongside the archbishop committed to improve relations with foreign nations as part of the rebuilding effort. In their later years, they retired to the Dusker Peninsula, where they spent the remainder of their lives gardening in peace and quiet. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That ending. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it's a really nice one. Whoa. I so it's funny you say Felix Whoa. after the goddess tower incident, I was like, I can't. I can't. I just can't <laughs> no. do it. Like, I know yeah. I know that he has, you know, a redemption arc, but like, <clears throat> I just can't do it. Um, And I and I yeah. did really like him with Sylvain. Yeah. The other person that I was thinking about for a while, which would have, I know, been totally out of left field, was Sedith. I was thinking yeah. about marrying Sedith. Wow. But yeah, once Dudu came back, I was like, nah, it's got to be Dudu. <laughs> I, I yeah. just, I adore him. And that's probably why yeah. I'm so sensitive about him being portrayed as a nasty monster in your run. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So that was funny. I, I all of that was very satisfying to me, even though some of the things that I was trying to set up didn't work out. I still liked the way that it turned out. Yeah. But yeah. Nice. Epilogue. So my question mm. was. I'm so sorry. Oh. I realized I forgot one because I forgot to take a screenshot. 
was the first one I got, uh, was Dorothea's. She uh, returned to the opera. It became like very popular uh, because she came back and she did get married at some point. But that's yeah, that was basically it. Sorry, Dorothea. Good for her. Good for her. Please, your question. Um, My question. Did you look up any other S support pairings? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah, I, 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 that's when I when I mentioned that like there was there were ones where like they had a ring too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, did you like watch any of them? Or? Yeah, um, I watched. Okay. It was Raphael Ash. I think I did watch Felix's. I was actually glad that I didn't go with it because mm. I just uh, I don't want to really, you know, someone who's just going to be yeah. always a little bit mean to you. No, <laughs> Ash is like such a fucking golden retriever, like in a, in a great way. Like I I, I said mm. the word fucking, but it, it's not in a negative way at all. <laughs> I, it's very sweet that a support it's worth watching. I think it's actually like. Yeah. It's really, really cute. Nice. Um, nice. You know, his his whole thing is just like, I just want to help you out, like whatever you need. <laughs> and I actually thought that like, because <laughs> like he and Dudu and Felix were all probably like uh, in the top for me in terms of like who I might have mm-hmm. chosen aside from that like weird couple of weeks where I was thinking about Seta. <laughs> but like Dudu feels like the the center point between Felix, who is like so uh, standoffish <laughs> in so many ways, um, and yeah. Ash, who is like such an eager, uh, <laughs> you know, so eager to please. I, I was like, I like this like center point where it feels like, yeah, we're just equals and we're just good buds. Yeah. Who are in love. love I think it was very nice. Um, and then I also <laughs> I also looked up Raphael's and his was really sweet, too. Um, he sure he is like you know he just like comes to see you and um or i think no byleth visits him and you know you know samaria and whatever and he's kind of like you know i want to i want to support you because you always work so hard and whatever i want to be there for you and byleth asks you know is your little sister gonna be okay and he's like she's she's practically grown up at this point she'll be fine and i think that's a really nice you know for him to be like okay like i did what i needed to do for her and she's like set up and then um in the actual like epilogue text like the last line for for byleth and raf is um you know there was like a a portrait of them done by an artist uh (laughs) rafael's younger sister maya Oh, wow. really cool. It's really nice That's that she's incorporated into it and you get to see like what yeah. she, you know, where she ended up. And I thought that was very yeah. sweet. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. My turn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So first up, Shamir, distant archer and no one. Okay. Shortly after the war, Shamir gave up the mercenary life and disappeared. Though she was never heard from again, rumors swirled persistently for years of a master archer turned thief who lined her pockets by shaking down all those who preyed upon the innocent. Yo, that rules. <laughs> so that's fucking sick. Yeah, Shamir becomes that's this a sick great ending. Robin Hood ass. Uh, yeah. Yuritsa, bloodstained demon and no one. After the war for Fodlin, Yuritsa threw himself fully into the struggle against those who slither in the dark. 
uh, visage masked by the likeness of death itself, he laid waste to his enemies with a scythe that terrified friend and foe alike. When it was mm. all over, he stole away in secret and vanished without a trace. His whereabouts thereafter have been subject of much conjecture. Interesting. There you go. Next up, Felix, meandering sword and no one. Even after the war's end, skirmishes continued to break out across Foldlin, bored and restless in his capacity as Duke Fraldarius, Felix abandoned his title, jumping at the opportunity to wield a sword again. Little <laughs> is known of his whereabouts thereafter, but even many years later, soldiers continued to whisper rumors of a mysterious man able to deal swift death to scores of enemies. That's funny. I will say uh, I also watched Felix's and like <laughs> a lot of it is him talking about how bored he is without... <laughs> <laughs> a war. God. Uh, yeah. Next up, we've got Linhart, Sleepy Crest Scholar, mm. and no one. Oh. Linhart. You had a lot of solo. I did. That's why I was so surprised. Linhart abandoned his inherited position in favor of a carefree life at Garrick Mock Monastery. There he spent his days at ease, whiling away the hours at the fish pond or in his private study. After his passing, a treasure trove of documents was unearthed, revealing the key discoveries he had made during his many years of crest research. Wow. So my dude just kept doing what he was doing, not telling anybody about it. <laughs> and then Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, Petra, queen of Brigid and no one. Very surprised wow. by this one. Petra returned to her homeland of Brigid and inherited the throne from her grandfather. As ruler, she declared independence from Fodlin and worked tirelessly to secure friendly relations with both Fodlin and Dagda. Her efforts inspired her descendants to carry on the torch she lit, ensuring a future of peace and prosperity for her people. Wow. Really nice. For her. Really sweet. Yeah. Uh, Ferdinand, noblest of nobles. <laughs> And Dorothea. Yeah! Devoted heart. I like this one. I love this one, yeah. Uh, after officially becoming the new Duke Iger, Ferdinand set about reforming his territory. Thanks to the wisdom of his wife, Dorothea, Ferdinand's policies were a, a massive... Mm, Ferdinand's policies were a... Oh my God. Were of massive benefit to the common folk and brought about a swift recovery. In recognition of this achievement, he was called upon by Emperor Edelgard to introduce these reforms to the Empire at large as the new Prime Minister. Though the work kept wow. him very busy, he always managed to find time for Dorothea. It is said that their children filled their loving household with beautiful music ever after. Aww. I think that's really sweet. I do think Dorothea got short shrift in this entire. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> really didn't get to hear. She really like, just she became mom and wife, uh, which yeah. kind of stinks. But that's fine. Yeah. She did help him understand common folk, I guess. I don't know. I'm not yeah, fully I sure so. how I feel. About it. I like them as a pair, but I don't know how I fully feel. Yeah, about that I agree. I like them as a as a couple. But that that ending is yeah. very Ferdinand focused, where yeah. I feel like the whole point is that. Right. She it's like, like they yeah, missed the she, point of the story that they're telling. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But uh, next up, Caspar, hot-headed general, and Bernadetta, eternal loner. Oh. After some uncertainty about the details, it was decided that Caspar would marry into Bernadetta's family, seeing as she had claim to House Varley. The two had a chaotic reign and a marriage to match. <laughs> Each time Caspar caused some incident, Bernadetta would demand promises as recompense. Over time, these oaths accumulated to such a great number that it became necessary to compile them, and the resulting document came to be known as the 47 Articles of Bernie. <laughs> Among these articles was the provision that, when counting their large quantity of children, Caspar was not to accidentally count his wife among them. Another rough one. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I... <laughs> so... 
I just starting from the beginning. <sighs> yeah. The notion that he married into their family because of the so house that name. he <laughs> Doesn't that go against the uh -huh. entire ending where nobility was like abolished? <laughs> I think what so. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. It's <laughs> And then like they did not seem to have a very happy marriage, but were apparently fucking like rabbits. <laughs> yeah. I <sighs> Yeah, it's interesting. And it's for not sure. even that also like a lot of these like harken back to the supports. Yeah. And that doesn't have anything to do with their support. No. Where they like, you know, went to those beautiful places together and right. had like nice moments of. Yeah, I was hoping they would end up like traveling or something like going yeah, overseas, like maybe settling down in the countryside. Yeah. Yeah. God. Really, really feels <sighs> like a, a weird like backpedal of both of their developments. Yeah. Weird. Next up, Flame Emperor Edelgard and the Emperor's <sighs> Confidant. Hubert. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, this one's actually pretty, pretty good for most of it. Okay. Uh, as the new Adrestian emperor, Edelgard gave all she had to breathe new life into the government of Fodlin. With tireless work, great sacrifice, and her devoted servant Hubert by her side, she instituted new class reforms and helped to ensure the people's independence. Hubert was always close at hand, ready to dispose of unsavory burdens by any means necessary. In their later years, they passed the fruits of her labor on to Edelgard's successor and vanished from the public eye. Though it is said they spent the rest of their lives together, it is unlikely that they ever gave voice to the true depth of their infections, of their affections. <laughs> I mean, infections is almost more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make sense because he <laughs> did. We saw him right. give voice to his fully true affections. Did. He fully said, I'm in love with you. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, yeah. Weird. I, I mean, um, I guess it's better than being like, he finally wore her down. Right. But damn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, All right, let's go. that one happened as well. Uh, and mm -hmm. finally, the one that I ended up with. <laughs> yeah. Lysithia. My sweet, Yay. sweet Lysithia. So, yeah, you were right. I wanted to end up with Lysithia because I wanted to, you know, save her life and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it felt weird. <laughs> to give her the ring and stuff but i did it anyway and immediately was like mm -hmm. ah was this the right choice i don't know uh so basically uh we meet up i, I guess sh i don't know how long after uh some amount of time after these events and she reveals that she feels that the crests are no longer a part of her and so we figured out we just fast forward to the part where we figured out how to take the crests out um <laughs> And and we did. <laughs> All it. right. I mean, that was the goal. Yeah. Um, and she's just kind of coming to terms with like, oh, that means like I'm going to be able to live like I feel a sense of peace. Mm -hmm. I have hope. Uh, I ask what she'll do now. She says, I will not claim my title. House Ordelia will end with my father's generation. After this, I'm going to begin preparations for our family dissolution. This will ensure that the people of our territory will not be troubled and my parents will be able to live out their lives in peace. And then I ask after that, and she says, I hadn't considered after, but assuming I have life left in me, would it be all right if I came back here to stay by your side? Without my mm -hmm. crests, I'm not sure what I'd be able to do for you, but you have given me a new life. I want to use my time to support you however I can. Uh, and then I give her the ring. She says, oh, this is, and she says, what I said earlier about not caring what the outcome of all this is, I take it back. 
For the longest time, I didn't think I'd be around to be a part of the future you and everyone was creating, that I had no place Mm -hmm. in it. But now, I cannot fight it any longer. I do care, and I do not wish to give up on chasing that future. I do not wish to die. I refuse to give up on myself or on our future. And so, I promise to come back to you, no matter what. She says, once I'm back, and then I finish the the sentence and I say, we will chase that future together. And then I would have loved for it to end there. I would have loved for it to oh, end no. there. No, it's, it's just, yes, I quite like the sound of that. Together, it is decided. We will be together forever, living long, full lives. Count on it, my love. And I just, part of me still didn't want it to end with us like falling in love. <laughs> hmm yeah. So, but I thought the whole thing about her like finally being able to care about like that was beautiful the future and stuff yeah right it was really really well yeah. written it made me made me tear up in the moment mm-hmm. uh and then our epilogue almost immediately after byleth and lysithia had celebrated their engagement the struggle against those who slither in the dark began in earnest together they fought tirelessly to bring the war to an end so that fodlin could have lasting peace afterward they left the imperial army for ordelia territory where they were officially wed after restoring their war-torn land the couple vanished from the public eye along with count ordelia and his wife no records remain of their lives after that but it is rumored that they retired to a peaceful life in Dairdru, making sweets <laughs> that's cute yeah that's cute. So yeah, uh, there, there it is again. Those who slither in the dark, it just, it just happens and it's done. It's uh- <laughs> so wild. <laughs> uh, I thought that that was like what your run was gearing up. I for really us. did too. I really did too. And I'm, yeah. I, I'm kind of salty at the, the, the bluff, but I'm not yeah. upset about my ending at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I really feel like. I could have had six more chapters. I could have like the Black mm-hmm. Eagles route. Could you have, absolutely could have it, had six more chapters where you take them out. Like it could have been the length of every other chapter uh, or every, every other weird. route. And we could have dealt with those who slither in the dark because it does happen in the story. So why not make that part mm-hmm. of the story? I, I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. But I assume it's covered in another route, which is why they didn't want to deal with it in this route. But like at the same oh. time, <laughs> other stuff is dealt with in the uh, like similar things are dealt with in the other routes as well. So like, yeah. I just don't know. But I, I guess there's only like know. one set of secrets that those who slither in the dark have and they don't want to put it across two routes. I don't know. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. It's strange. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Did you look up any other? I looked up Edelgard's mm-hmm. and it was hold on. <laughs> it was basically just like, you know, she's she's like, oh, humanity is free. The world is ours. We will crush those who slither in the dark. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then, um, it's, it's just like a, you know, the stuff that she said before of, of like the stuff she says in her A support pretty much of just like, you know, I've never felt mm-hmm. closer to anybody and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of, kind of boilerplate stuff if I'm being completely honest. Um, wow. and then you get a portrait where her, f- I, I need to hold on, uh, the portrait that they have for, for this scene, her face is uncanny. Her, her, her face just looks so different than it had in any other a lot of them do, yeah. I will say. It like, must have I, been a different artist. I, yeah, it is. It's a completely different art style. And they do. I'm looking at it now. It does look totally different. But it's yeah, so I mean, weird. if you look up, look up at really anyone and it's really you'll see it's it really is completely different. Like, look at to He looks totally different. Oh, what? Yeah, it's it's just a totally different art style. I think Ash looked weird. Yeah. Lysithia looks pretty similar. 
but it's like most her hers is just like she's like hugging your arm or whatever. Oh yeah, I um, see. Anyway, mm, yeah. Uh, okay. So that's it. Uh, Edelgard looks weird <laughs> at the end um, <laughs> of that one, but that's fine. So yeah, I mean that's that's, the, that's all the, the stuff epilogue. that happens in the video game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I yeah, you've struggle. had you've had twenty four more hours to sit on this than yeah. I have. So I mean, listen, I think I I think I have uh, expressed my dissatisfaction with like <laughs> the you know the lack of answers with with blue lion so i don't need to get into that again i do kind of <laughs> want to get um just kind of put a bow on uh dimitri's story and my you know my issues with it because i sure one thing that i did after i finished this is i <laughs> i went back uh and i searched dimitri in the twg discord um okay because i wanted Whoa. to see what everyone thought of this story um sure twg being the worst garbage dot online which is a podcast network that we're both affiliated with yes the, the community that aj and i first met in yes and uh the community that really rallied around this game when it first came out <laughs> while it, yeah. both of us apparently yeah. were silently ignoring it um <laughs> everybody Loved his story, thought it was a great redemption arc, like thought it was so beautiful. Mm. And I was like, damn, like, I, I don't know what is different about <laughs> me, but I, I really missed out on, on that experience. Yeah. Oof. And I, you know, I was trying to like figure out why. Um, and I did, you know, I did some other research. Um, like I, I did look up, I don't think I watched it, but I looked up just like the text of, um, Dimitri's Biolithus support. And I also like uh, looked at like Reddit posts and, you know, it's crazy. Sure, like, sure, 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 is sure. this, is this take just like something I pulled is out of my ass? You? Yeah. Sure. Um, and it's not, um, yeah, there are, so there are some support scenes that I think, I don't think fully address my issues, but like, uh, mm. If they had been in the main game, it would have made it, I think, a little less clumsy. So in Dimitri and Bylas S support, he says that he still has hallucinations and probably always will. Um, okay. And I also read read about uh, his A with Felix, which I didn't do in this game because I didn't want them to end up together. <laughs> I let the tail <laughs> wag the dog a little bit with respect to uh, matchmaking. So I think next run, I'm I'm gonna let the chips fall where they may instead of um, sure trying to you know play matchmaker so much um <laughs> yeah. but it, it, in that support felix says you know you have the face of a beast sometimes and the face of a man other times like what you know which one is your real face um similar kind of to uh what you got with uh was it bernie in the death knight oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh dimitri just says that they're both me that you know these are both parts of me and so i do think that <sighs> There is a good redemption arc in the fact that, like, Dimitri is not totally, you know, like, I'm back to being the same old guy I always was. Like, right. it, it's just it's a recognition that, like, this darkness lies within him. And I think that that is, like, a good story. And it's a compelling story. He's an interesting yeah. character. 
it's just this focus on on the mental illness stuff really got in the way of me appreciating that story that much. Because, again, sure. like the idea that, like, you know, he he like loses Rodrigue and is suddenly like, OK, I'm going to stop with these violent, vengeful impulses. Right. Um, yeah, and he you said, know. If, if I'm remembering correctly, he says, I'm choosing to like, yeah, stop. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, in some respect, that is him acknowledging that, like, he has a choice. And it, like, there is an interpretation of that, I think, which is him realizing, like, they could have put a finer point on the fact that, like, what's happening here is not Dimitri is cured. What's happening right. is that he finally has a support system that will right. allow him to to recognize that like those hallucinations, the impulses that he has, the voices that he hears, that isn't real. And that is not something that he has to act on. Like he is a person with with a mental illness who like can be a full whole person and not, right. you know, totally fall into that psychosis. Like, but the game really doesn't, I think, do a good job of explaining that in a nuanced way. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think that, you know, when we were talking earlier about like how he's portrayed in your run, right. in some sense, it does make sense that like he he never loses to do. He never loses Felix or he lost Felix in your run. But like, you know, <laughs> if you hadn't recruited yeah. him, Sylvain and he, all of his friends are still there. He, you know, he's a king with like a, a ton of support. And so like he doesn't have the same opportunity to to totally fall into, you know, psychosis. So, you know, Reading that while it was like kind of a bummer to be like, damn, like <laughs> you guys got to feel good about this story. Um, <laughs> you know, it did give me the opportunity to realize that there is like a more charitable interpretation, which I, yeah. again, don't, you know, I, it, it's it's me kind of having to, I think, construe things the way that I want them a little bit. Mm. But the the point where he. Uh, you know, it goes on the upswing, <laughs> you know, is, is because of flesh killing Rodrigue. I th like, instead of interpreting that as like Rodrigue tells him to follow his dreams or whatever. And so he chooses mm -hmm. not to be mentally ill anymore. Mm -hmm. I think the more interesting and more charitable interpretation is that he realizes that he is just part of a cycle of violence that he can either choose to continue or to stop. Yeah. Because, you know, he killed Randolph at a, in revenge. And so that set Flesh on a path of revenge. So now she killed Rodrigue and like he could continue that cycle and he is about to, he's going to ride off to Enbar when, when yeah. Violet finds him and she, you know, she manages to convince him not to, you know, that still doesn't resolve the issues with like, the portrayal of mental illness, but like, I do think that it, it feels a little bit more grounded when I think of it that way, mm -hmm. because it is literally like someone giving him the support that he needs to, to realize like, you don't have to give in to, um, you know, those worse, those impulses. I don't know. Yeah. But I think what it, yeah, I, I think you're, everything you said is absolutely right. I think it really just comes down to like, <sighs> this is going to sound harsh, but like, lazy writing because like that seems like something someone writes in the first draft of like i'm mm -hmm. choosing to be better blah, blah blah and then 
it feels like somebody else should have got eyes on that and been like, maybe we like tweak it and acknowledge that like he can still have these visions, but just mm-hmm. choose not to like accept them as reality or something. You right. know what I mean? Like you can still right. have You've helped me realize like this isn't right. This isn't real. This is something in my mind. This is not actual ghosts haunting me. This isn't what my family would have wanted for me. Right. And even if that's like what that line means, and I think Mm -hmm. for intents and purposes, it is what the line is supposed to mean. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't think that's how it reads if you don't have all of the other context. So it just feels like it's, it's, it's like a first draft kind of thing that they they should have caught. Right. It's clumsy. Right. It's not, it's not bad. It's not lazy. It's just like somebody missed something that they shouldn't have. And it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's the story is worse for it. Yeah. And I think again, like, and I guess maybe this is a good way to pivot into like the, the general themes of the, the thing, but I think the game chooses as a backdrop, a lot of very complicated issues that it does not have the time or interest in grappling with. Like this game does not actually want to, grapple with like what does it mean for someone to to have hallucinations to um have delusions to uh, feel compelled you know to have like violent urges as a result of mental illness um and trauma it's it's not actually interested in that um the same way that it's not actually interested in (laughs) in a political debate like (laughs) i think that what the game is is interested in is this idea of choice and how, you know, Byleth's decision at the beginning of the game impacts what happens because of, you know, who they lend their support and aid to as the like chosen one. And I think also, you know, (laughs) I I couldn't help but like draw parallels to like Mass Effect, which like, you know, I won't, I don't want to get too far into it because I want you to play (laughs) that game one day for the show. Sure. But, uh, You know, I think that they're actually exploring similar themes. Mass Effect, though, it's very in your face that like every decision that you make, you know that it has the possibility to impact, you know, the the end game. And then also, as you know, as the trilogy went on, like the next game. Right. And it's that's very explicitly called out in this game. I think you only make one, possibly two you know, big choices. And one is which house do you go with? And if you chose the Black Eagle house, do you go church or Crimson Flower? Right. But the thing that I think is actually kind of brilliant is the way that the small decisions that you're making about where you invest your time, whose support levels you raise, you know, who you recruit, that all also has that kind of impact. Um, Mm. You know, the fact that like, I don't know how I would have known to do it, but if I had recruited Caspar and gotten his uh, support levels up with Mercedes, I would have right. known what the fuck is going on there um, with the death Knight, like or with your or <laughs> They're the same. Um, uh, they're like, the same and different. <gasps> <laughs> Are you the death Knight or your Yes. So I, I do think that that's like very good. And in, to some extent, if I want to be really charitable, <laughs> I could say that the this game <laughs> tends to be very vague about things. Um, you know, some of them intentionally because they're mysteries that you're going to unravel. And then sometimes just in terms of like an inscrutable 
conversation between Aelgar and Dimitri where they claim to disagree, but I don't really know about what, you know, like there, there is a reading of this that like that is all intentional because it allows you as the player to choose your own path in terms of what you believe about these characters and about these events, because it's such a not a blank slate, but the game is so committed to not (laughs) not picking a side. Mm. I, you know, I don't know that that's ultimately a super effective thing in a lot of ways, because a lot of it is you kind of scratching your head about like, what is this even about? But um, yeah. I mean, it is it could be said to surf that theme. I don't know. I've yeah. been uh, word vomiting a, a lot. Would love to. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. I, it's, I, I think if any of it made sense, there's just it's I mean, it's 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 a lot, right? It's just a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I haven't sat with it long enough. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> to, true. <laughs> to be able to give you a, a well-measured response. And I'm sorry for that. That's OK. Uh, and I apologize to the podcast audience. <laughs> Uh, as well. Um, I don't think you need to do that. I've spent way too much time thinking about this. No, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a thing that warrants a lot of thought and it certainly seems like it wants you to think about it, but it also, I don't know. I I feel like at the same time, it doesn't really have any conclusions it wants you to come to. Mm -hmm. It's just like, Hey, think about this. And then, and then like, it's like a philosophy class where the teacher says like, you know, gives you the question and then leaves the room. It's like, they want you to think about it, but they don't actually care what you come up with. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, it's rough. I, I, that was definitely on Friday night when I was like really in my feelings about it. Um, I think I said that to, um, to Bolton Jill, I think I was like, I like, I don't know what the point of all of it was. What, it, you know, what, what message sure. is this game trying to send me? Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, I think you're probably right. That's kind of just like, wow, look how your choices impacts. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think, and, and, and like, this is a thing that I think about a lot with my other podcast, 10 very big books is like, they're these really dense fantasy novels. There's a lot in there. There's ver- some, the book is very clearly trying to say some things about certain aspects of like mm-hmm. humanity and war and whatever and all this stuff. Um, but sometimes like there are arguments within this community, not within like our podcast community, but within the, the Malazan community mm-hmm. at large of like, well, the book doesn't have to be trying to say something. But I think in that case, it's like the book is very clearly trying to say something. So you can't that's like you you can't. Yeah, I, but nobody, nobody makes art to say nothing, you know, like right. there's always yeah. something, you know. Yeah. But but with this, it kind of does seem like that's yeah. the case. It's like presenting a bunch of ideas that like deserve deeper thought, mm-hmm. but they don't really give you the entire picture yeah and i think maybe it's because they want you to play the you know all the other routes to like get kind of the full well-rounded picture but even at that point you have to get all supports too right and you have to you know and you don't know what you don't know you know unless you're looking up a guide at some point it's like right there's no way within the game to know like what is worth spending time on i mean you know in some sense that could be like (laughs) a it's sort of grounded in that, you know, you never know kind of in life what <laughs> what small decisions are going to lead you down uh, what wild paths. Right. But I mean, it is a video game, <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> one would hope that like the things that you are doing are are for a purpose um, right. and will ha- right. like have a narrative payoff. And that's the thing when you're telling a story yeah. like I think that there is and it's why this 
you know, was such a bummer for me um, to to not get that narrative payoff for so many of those threads. I was never expecting to, you know, figure out everything in one run, but like, right. I really got nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So I think it's tough when you're when you're using as as the backdrop um, a bunch of issues that are really complex and mm-hmm. have big like real world implications it it does feel irresponsible sure <laughs> or sure. or maybe lazy to not to not give those themes the space that they deserve yeah and again you know maybe we're making asses out of ourselves even having this conversation before having finished like 50 percent of the game <laughs> but like i do sure think, but that's hey that's what the podcast is you yeah know? i i do think <laughs> that like if the game only reveals itself to you fully when you've probed every possible nook and cranny. Right. I don't know that that is a, that that speaks highly of. Yeah. I don't think that's good. That's good storytelling really. Like if the only way to get the full story is to just like spend your points on unlocking Mm -hmm. cutscenes, like at that point, it's just, I don't know if you like it, it it feels like it's punishing you for wanting to know the whole story. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I, I don't know. I, but I don't know, but maybe, maybe it's just like, oh man, the fact that we like want to know the whole story is mm-hmm. like the point, yeah. but also I just like, ah, man. But yeah, I mean, I, Ugh. you know, I came to you as like the idea of doing a black Eagles run now, like makes me yeah. want to, you know, like I, I, I couldn't do it because it, it just felt yeah. so um, it felt like it was going to be so samey. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it wouldn't, obviously, I think I didn't really appreciate, I guess, that, you know, in the church run, you are very much <laughs> representing the interests of the church. Um, right. So, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I am still glad to be doing golden deer where i can at least get to know some new kids right <laughs> yeah i feel like if we keep talking about it we're just gonna make ourselves sad yeah or something. I know. <laughs> like we're gonna make ourselves not like the game or something i do want to be clear i still enjoyed the hell out of this game yeah i mean i got a lot of enjoyment out of it for sure yeah i think it's a good game and i think it has a lot of good stuff in yeah it. the fact that we are like getting this deep mm-hmm. into it I think speaks to how good the bulk of it is. Absolutely. You know what I mean? like, yeah. The fact that we're able to dissect it at this level is like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot in there. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing I had said to you was like, I did not enjoy the latter half as much as the first half. Um, I, I right. think that that's sort of where, where my enjoyment started to drop off is just the, um, the game really narrows in focus, especially I think in my run on, Dimitri and because that story Mm -hmm. didn't work for me in a lot of ways I think it um it made it harder to enjoy the latter half of the game as much as I had the first half but like that's that's still saying a lot because like I really fucking (laughs) loved the moments that I loved and like I said I turned around and immediately started my golden deer run like I didn't have to do that (laughs) I could have you know uh played some Zaw and called it a night but um uh so you know yes I think I really liked the game I think that um I guess I didn't all I knew was that people really liked this game and I did not Mm -hmm. know the things that people considered to be strengths and weaknesses (laughs) and um sure you know yeah now I I can see I can see those for myself (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the strengths are really strong like it is 
yeah. really fucking fun. And um, I'm excited to get to know the golden deer now. Mm-hmm. I did start that run. I, I am doing it um, normal difficulty, but on classic mode. So it's not going to be like Ooh. super frustrating, but it's going to have stakes, which I think is sort of going to be a good balance for me. So what are you going to, I don't want to will this into existence, but what are you going to do if slash when you lose someone? I'm going to work really hard to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair I enough. Mean, fair yeah. Enough. I, cause yeah, I don't, that was my one hesitation is like, I don't want to lose someone and then miss out on story. Yeah. Um, but I think from my experience, normal is easy enough that I can pretty much make sure that that doesn't happen along with divine pulses sure. and whatever. And, um, well, now you know. you're with the master tactician, you know, so yeah. And listen, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I will probably save scum, um, to make sure nice. I don't lose anybody, which is probably not something I would do on like subsequent runs, but because I, I am so invested in, you know, probing all of these different corners of the game to see if there's more story there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm probably going to be a little fastidious about it. Nice. Do you know what you're going to do next? Do you make your decision? (sighs) My immediate thought is to finish recording, start a golden deer run to the point where I pick the house, Mm -hmm. go back to the Holy tomb mission, (laughs) finish that, (laughs) choose the church and then (gasps) save those files next to each other. So then I can then later just be like, okay, I've already, I'm already at the the starting point of both of these things. Which one do I want to do? So I I haven't decided which yet, but I think for now, my, my thing is going to to be to like prep those so that I can just like start when I want to. Um, Whatever you choose, we will be back with more uh, episodes about it. Um, We will not be going through, uh, you know, chapter by chapter the way we did for our first runs. Cause we, you know, yeah. we don't want to be playing this game for years, but, um, uh, I think we're going to do sort of like a, a bird's eye view of the differences essentially. Cause like the first, yeah. the first half of the, um, golden deer run is going to be, I think essentially the same as, you know, mm-hmm. the part one of, of the runs that we did, um, mm-hmm. aside from like getting to know the students. So, We'll talk about getting to know the students and then I think we'll, you know, we'll do a more general look at part two mm-hmm. and then, yeah, we can just do a general look at part two for, um, for the church run. Yeah. And depending on what AJ chooses, I guess we'll either do a uh, golden deer first yes. or we will do a uh, golden deer and church run both at once alongside each other yeah yeah uh haven't fully decided yet and still am really weighing both options um but then i think uh we actually haven't talked about this game so maybe we want to cut this from the podcast first but i think we should also have a uh like a a a post-mortem conversation with alana uh i agree yeah i think that would be nice and do just kind of a you know put a nice little cap Mm -hmm. on the end of the official first season uh of asynchronous yeah wild yeah i think this is kind of the unofficial end of season one because like the rest of the the episodes are kind of bonus e <laughs> i think in a way like i don't yeah. know um maybe not maybe, maybe i'm just making up rules for no reason i guess we um, can see how many there are <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true that's yeah. true uh, uh but i mean other than that i am i am fresh out yeah i mean st- i don't stuff I know that we like should do rankings and war child of the week and whatever, but like it feels, it feels strange to do it now. Yeah. 
doesn't it doesn't it feel weird like yeah i mean these these kids are done they're 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 gone you know they're done yeah and gone. yeah yeah i i mean i, I, I mm. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, it feels weird not to but i also don't want to like it doesn't i love yeah, all my I children even the shitty ones i think we said everything that we could say yeah. about these kids <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I think putting a, a letter on it is, you know what? All these kids are S. <laughs> these, all yep. these kids are S tier. There you go. Because they all told us interesting stories and we yeah. love them for it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I would say our war child of the week, respectively, is probably the one we each married. So. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Yeah. 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 Dang. Yeah. Well, I'm excited uh, for more. Me too. I'm. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you have a final quote this week or? or? Fuck. No. Um, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm trying to find. For. I got it. I got it. I got it. You got it. All right. All right. Uh, AJ, I am excited for uh, the next phase of our journey together here on Asynchronous. Mm-hmm. Uh, excited to be on your side in all the days to come as we mm-hmm. continue. Yes, it is a fine night indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, you know what? I do not wish to die. Stupid. I refuse to give up on myself <laughs> or on our future of this podcast. <laughs> Um, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back soon with more episodes. Peace out. Bye.